Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, how many teams have you gone out there and worked with, right? Just a quick number. How many? Worked with? Well, just showed up, either spoke, worked with players. Just what do you think? Ballpark figure. Athletic teams. Yeah, athletic. Yeah. Well, actually, not as many as you think because I I, kind of... On purpose to stick myself to a certain team. That's why, you know, we don't overdo it. But yeah. Too, much. <laughs> too spread out. Yep. Yeah. And um, so I've usually picked about four, four a year. And then I've been with a whole bunch of them for a while. And then if the coaches shift, then I usually go and I follow on suit. So with the I, coach. Yeah, yeah. Give me one that really that you've been a part of a long time. Well, Jimbo Fisher is the one that got me into it. So right. I started at Florida State. And then I rolled. Uh, he's at A&M now. And then... Benny started at Tech and then went to um, Tennessee 
And then from there, he went to Texas, and now he is at OU. So now we're up there. (laughs) 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 See where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Well, my point asking the question is— And LSU, because I married into that family. Right. Yeah, so they're they're on I'm I'm on the hook for them all the time. I love it. I love it. So my point of asking the question is you've been out and you've started to see the power of performance, right? The teams that are focused on on you know the 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 whole package of the individual, turning these young men into you know mature men ready for life. Uh, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, right? And they're amazing. That the that's the greatest part about Exos is I get to work with the the graduating class for the year. And every year, it's amazing how far human performance has gone. I told you about the kid. I came walking in and I was like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" Like, "Hey, coach, check this out." And there's uh, one of the kids in there, six foot eight, over well over three hundred pounds. I was like, "What do you got for me?" And he did a standing backflip without even bending his knees. And I was like, well, that's a good one. <laughs> I definitely wasn't expecting that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, to be able to move that much muscle and and, and weight in the same with, with the that fast, right? It's just a, a marvel of human performance and how we've studied the body and the brain to, to make it fast, stronger, faster, smarter, and all that. It's sure. remarkable. And, and people are really testing those boundaries. I, I remember this year, my big thing is with – when I'm with the Sox is, is asking their, their experts, right? Can we per- push a human arm to hit a 120-mile-an-hour pitch? Right. You know, can we hit uh, the human back to sustain 700 pounds in a, or more or whatever craziness that's going on out there now? And, and the best part, I think, is the fact that you don't have to do the seven days in the gym for three hours. If, if you're still in the impression that you have to get the gym membership and go in there and kill yourself, for that's not how it is anymore. No. At all. At all. <laughs> it's literally, there's a, there is a workout program that can be attached to you to where you don't even notice that you're doing it. It just goes throughout your life and, and it stays in the semblance of shape. Well, and that's what we're talking about today, you know, is we're, we're, we're bringing on the show one of the top guys in the strength and conditioning thing, you know, a whole, whole realm in the world, right? A former brother of ours, Jeff Nichols, and who has really taken his experiences and pushed it to that next scientific level. And what I want everybody to understand out there, whether wherever you're at in your life in terms of performance, man, there is a program specific for you. The, the days of the when you walk into the gym and the trainer's in there just because he knows how to train you because he just works out real hard. Yeah, that, that's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean these uh, doctors of this PhDs. I mean the masters. Just uh, literally, it's become its own form of martial art, right? I mean they just kind of awesome study it that that in that capacity because it is the mind, the body, and the spirit, and it. You, it Man, it just made it a lot easier. Thank, thank the good Lord they started studying that. Right? Well, that's why when the Human Performance Initiative came online with the teams, it was so revolutionary. Prior to that, you just you know, go out and beat yourself with these old school workout routines. But they started testing, evaluating. It was, it was all-encompassing. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? They would put you through individualized testing and then say, this is where your weaknesses are. This is where your motion, um, <clears throat> where you run into problems with your motion, you're likely to, to get injured. It was... Nutrition. It was it was an all encompassed approach. When did that come online? Oh, remember CrossFit? We had CrossFit in our gym before it was a big deal. Remember they they switched the gyms around, had the ropes and the rings and everything. What is this like? It's just CrossFit workout. It's the craziest thing. There's a 
wad on the I was way gone by then. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. So all, when it, what he's talking about, the human like performance came cycling through us. Seven? Six. Yeah, six, seven. Six, seven, somewhere in there. Six. <laughs> <laughs> Back there. But, uh, and then when CrossFit rolled out, then it was, you know, Four Horsemen, and there's a whole bunch of them, man. It's just tough. Well, Jim Jones came through there. God, dog, that everybody, right? And and I think, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, hopefully Jeff will get into it, you know, he had a point, too, where it was it was apparent that the, the op tempo was so substantial that the commands from the top all the way down were not cognizant, hey, we're making this multi-million dollar investment into this warrior, into this soldier, if you will, right, the soldier of the future. But we're not doing anything to help him recover, to get him back on the line. And and that's really, I think, where Jeff's world was transformed when he... It's now part of the workout. It's not something that you do after you get injured. So it, it, it truly has been. They've taken all those. And the great part about being on the civilian side is you've taken all these workouts and they finally figured out how to melt them together. And then at the end of it, you go do a Ironman or a, a Tough Mudder to, to show that, man, it, it, you just... Show up, put out, do your deal, and then this is the end result. You can go do something like that. It's pretty well, amazing. Well, I remember the first time you started telling me about going to Exos every to start your year out, right? Yep, yep. It wasn't like I'm going to Exos to end my year. I'm going to Exos to start Starting, my year, yeah. get my body, my physiology, my homeostasis mm-hmm. in line, right? And to prepare myself for the million miles I'm going to catalog doing what I do. Yeah, you do it so long, it gets your body responsible. So November 1st, man, stop working out. Just complete beast mode. Get <laughs> as much weight on as possible. Get lazy, right? <laughs> and I just crawl in there and show up, man. And, and literally, people. yeah, just, man, come out of there ready to go. Well, I tell you what, if welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host, David Rutherford, with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, and Dun 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 Ta-da! The Wizard. Get your voice that high. I don't know, man. It's uh, tickled it's by octaves. eardrum. Yeah. I can push it, dude. I might need to get a Q-tip in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, uh, performance. I went to the human performance lab for hitting that high note. All right. Welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast. I'm your host. If this is your first show, then stand by, Trooper, because I have just the biggest suspicion that this show is going to hit you where you need to be hit. When it comes to human performance, Jeff knows the deal, so stand by on this one, man. Um, If you're coming back for more, well, God bless you. If we have become a part of your human performance in your life, which we're receiving literally hundreds of emails a month about that, saying, man, TNQ Podcast is part of my routine. It's part of my regimen. It's part of my mindset development training, man. We are so blessed for your support and, and the way you help us and the way you go out and share our podcast with other people that are in their greatest never quit story themselves or parts of their life. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to know more about us, check us out on our, our page at tnqpodcast.com. That's our website uh, where you can find all kinds of cool merchandise. We've got 
hats and uh, T-shirts and just all kinds of cool swag. Um, and you also can download the show, right? Uh, we, you can also find us on pretty much every podcast platform out there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Stitcher, and every other one. We want to give a super big thank you and shout out to our teammate and our partner. We couldn't be more proud to be a part of the Westwood One Podcast Network. Uh, so go check out their network, all their other shows that are out there. They have some incredible shows that you 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 will really enjoy. All right. If you want to follow us, uh, the show is at TNQ Podcast on Instagram. The team is at Team Never Quit. Marcus at Marcus Luttrell. At the Wizard TNQ, and I am at Team Frog Logic. All right, Wizard man, let's give a little bio on Mr. Nichols. Let's please. talk about Jeff Nichols for a second. Former Navy SEAL, reached the highest levels of the community uh, for 11 years of service and over 10 combat deployments. The other major aspect to him that we want to talk about here is how he's a world class, literally a world class exercise physiologist uh, with certifications from the National Strength and Conditioning Association, such as, certif- uh, such as a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a tactical strength and conditioning facilitator. Prior to going into the military, I mean, um, I guess anyone that, that knows Jeff is aware that he has always been somewhat of a physical specimen, but he was a baseball player in college, eventually graduating in 2000 with a degree in exercise physiology. And then joins the teams uh, he enlists in 2001. Graduates Buds in 2002 and then goes on, as we said before, 11 years of service, east and west coasts, working in, in the highest capacity uh, that you can, you, can reach, you can reach in that. Then he moves on towards the end of his career, really starts getting involved in um, the human performance department of uh, NSW. And that uh, he oversaw product development, assessment, program assessment, and he was the operator delegate within Special Operations Command for Human Performance, which has effects that reach into pretty much every aspect from you know developing the athletic uh, and strength conditioning abilities necessary for an operator, all the way through you know recovery um, and of course sustainment. Post military, 2013. He gets out and he becomes the co-founder co-owner of Virginia Beach High Performance, uh, which was focused on um, training athletic youth teams, wounded veterans, and various national and international tactical organizations. He currently works with uh, numerous professional and amateur sports organizations around the world in human performance optimization, performance stress management, and sleep opti- optimization. Um, he has a uh, documentary that is coming out soon we were fortunate enough to see some clips of that uh it is yet to be titled but it is basically a journey of one man's uh is the journey of a man from the top levels of special operations through drug addiction and ultimately recovery to a status greater than before Uh, we're fortunate enough to have jeff coming out to sit in the studio with us so we're very excited about bringing him in here what do you say guys yep let's bring him on Okay, let's get going with this insane interview with Jeff, all right? Let's do this. 
That's the only time I use it. <laughs> I leave it up here 20, it. the whole time. I love it. Well, Jeff, man, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate you being here, brother. It is. It's my pleasure. Truly. I remember when we were together in uh, Chicago recently for Andre's, the last fight I was with Andre with him, and, and we had, you know, just talking about it. I remember, you know, our conversation when we were, I think it was the night after and back in our, you know, in, our, in the hotel room. And we got into this, some amazing, incredible things about transformation, you know, on the, on the molecular level, you know, on, on the mental level and certainly within the spiritual level. And, and I just have been so excited to, to bring you on. With, and, and so our listeners can really understand the power of transformation and the power of performance that exists down on the, on the soul level from you right. today. Yeah. Right. It's been a, been an interesting, I'm not, I'm not even sure really where to start at that point. I mean, we, well, before we get into <laughs> yeah, it, man, yeah. before we got to get like, warmed no, no, up. I got you. No, we're not, that wasn't, that wasn't even like, it was like, I don't know where, but I'll, I'll get it sorted out by the time we, it's time to go. But yeah, it's, uh, let's see what happens. I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Oh, I love that. That's what, well, before we do that, we got to get warmed up and being a guy that is like the top, one of the top, I, I can't even say strength and conditioning because it's so limiting for what you actually do. Right. It, it, for one of the top performance coaches in the country, in the world, by my measure, and a lot of other people out there, I know you never talk like that. You're a humble dude. But you understand getting warmed up, right? So what we have to do now is we, we have to stretch out your prefrontal cortex a gotcha. little bit. We got to massage your neuroplasticity. So we're about ready, and you understand the mad minute. I mean, you've done it a million different times on target all around the world. But this is the this is the most challenging mad minute you will ever face in your life, brother. So are you prepared? Let's do it. Marcus, fire away. All right, buddy. What's the closest thing to real magic? <laughs> Whoa, closest thing to real magic. <laughs> Physics. Whoa. Perfect answer. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Newton's second law. Didn't expect that one, dude. Nice. All right, wizard. All right. Um <clears throat> Having, being a guy who spent a lot of time in the gym, what is the stupidest thing you've ever seen someone do? I see it all the time. People squat incorrectly. <laughs> and and it's, like, it's like the most basic human thing that we learn uh-huh. at, at a, you know, in childhood, and we unlearn it. Yeah, children do the, the perfect squat, right? The perfect squat. Right. I mean, essentially, I mean, oh. really, uh, given, given their, their current status of their musculoskeletal system is perfect. Squat. <laughs> huh. Dude, I, when, I, when I'm down, I started doing my physical therapy, man, my... <laughs> I will literally pull up the uh, uh, gym fails. <laughs> Just to motivate yourself. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing what people will do. In some of the, the best of the dudes that come ripping off the treadmill. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, you just got to have those like run on loop in your gym. Totally. totally. Right? So people won't do it. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is the dude, a good training aid. Have you seen yeah. the one with the lat pull down guy where he's oh, like, he's like, safety he's like trying to have sex with the top thing, man? <laughs> God, I love that one. one. It makes you Jumping wonder if someone's actually staging that. No, I but think I know it's, real. it's real. Because you know the person's like lifting and they see it and they're like, oh shit, they get that. No, it's real. It people is totally think the world's real. flat. There's people people think the world's flat still. You can imagine the shit that people are going to see oh, in the gym. Oh, God. That's actually a pretty funny video idea. You could purposefully go and just do the most ridiculous things you could think of in a gym. <laughs> and see and how many posts Secretly you get. film people's reactions. Oh, God. That's genius. <laughs> oh, All right. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. He's going to write that down. Bro science. Have you, have you never seen bro science? Uh-uh. That, that's what is he, he does. Is he still doing that? Oh, I don't know. Is this kid on YouTube? I don't know. It's been a while, but that guy. Yeah, he's. 
Don, like Don. Don, dude. You haven't seen this guy? Ah, oh, oh he's bro style? Bro this is a real is? persona. Like, he's just a guy that lives in, like, Pacific Beach, but he acts like a, your stereotypical Italian... Uh, like Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore type character. Hours of entertainment. It's it's oh fantastic. Yeah. Bro, bro science. Bro science. <laughs> bro science on YouTube. All right, I got it. Now. Worth it. Hey, Worth no, yeah. Shout out to you, brother. We we <laughs> want a peak. Yeah, Holy we watch, shit, we watch that's the show, epic. man. Keep it up. I love it. He's got two million subscribers, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, that'll be my next like him. ten days. <laughs> right? right. Good for him, man. There you go. All right, wizards. Yes. What do you got? Oh, my turn. All right, here you go. If you were to travel back in time to any period in order to figure out something before the other masters, whether it's science, mathematics, philosophy, religion, when would it be and what would you try and introduce back then? Like to be like, essentially, let me re-ask you a question, make sure I'm asking yep. the question correctly. If I could go back essentially and be the creator or inventor of something yes. prior to somebody yeah. and take, am I, is it, so the next question is, am I trying to, is it just to take credit for it? Just no. It doesn't matter. To introduce the, the, to the, the theoretical to concepts to shift the, 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 the growth, the cognitive growth of humanity. Mm. Wow. Oh, man, that's an easy one. Like a thesis question. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, he thinks about this shit all the time. Do. We have conversations. We have yeah. like five hour conversations about this stuff. I, again, I'm uh, I'm still I'm gonna go about I'm gonna go back to phys physics and like well astronomy. I think astronomy is one of those things. I, I think it'd be pretty cool to have like a basic understanding of uh, of gravity. Uh, the that, first person to be able to do that. Uh, I think that'd be pretty awesome. That would be cool. That would be super cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, or even like, and what what Darwin. Darn, would that have been pretty pretty profound big too? Big change, yeah. big change. Socrates, big change, right? Yeah, like I, my my head's in the sciences. Yeah, yeah. You know is. what I mean? So like that's 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 where I would say. Awesome, love it, great answer. So when would you want to introduce that to the world then? Oh. No, see, I think that that's 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 the that's the uniqueness of it is I think because timing is so uniquely necessary right. for that evolution. Because if we were to try to reintroduce certain technologies. Uh -huh. prior to someone's be able to conceptually understand something so like for example real simple uh if we go back and i had this thought back in afghanistan years ago it's like if you're standing there three thousand years ago for example nothing really has changed much like if even it has but geographically it still looks very similar i would yep. imagine right but you know you can have these big big changes right and these are small like in a huge period period of time like that there's very 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 little changes Mm -hmm. Right, so you can't introduce something complex when that mind can't understand a motor. Mm -hmm. Right, you can't say here's a motor when you haven't been able to introduce forging steel. Good point. So that's yeah. why it's like I think that timeline is one of those things that is ideal. It's relevant. Yeah, it's it's relative. Relative. And relevant. And, great, and, and, yeah. great, great point. It is so, relative. Some are like ahead of their time a bit. Like I mean, look at look at Atlas Shrug. Yeah, that lit piece of literature was way ahead of its time. Yeah, it was written in 1952 by. This is Anne a respected woman. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. A woman is capable of writing that literature in 1952. It's funny. They're going after it. A lot of people in this international or the, the, what are the, the internet dark web group of thinkers that are out there right now, right? That there, a lot of people are trying to dismantle and dissect that book and that, right. that those theories right now, which is For pretty sure. profound idea to, to and, and I think it's time where we're at as well, too. I mean, look at how everything's changing. All right. We're going to get down that rabbit hole forever. Brother, fire away. All right. Take two apples from three apples. What do you get? 
<laughs> one apple? <laughs> so you said take two apples from three? Three apples. apples. What do you get? That's I a- get two apples. Two apples. There you go. Good job. Good job. I like. You said one apple. Keep going. This is definitely a case of not a math question necessarily. I was like, it's a riddle, dude, and I'm so gone. It's a parable. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm half high, so this is that's a that's a great test. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, being ten really high, I'm about a three. So. Yeah, that's a good place to yeah, be. Yeah, so I'm pretty focused. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> hypothetically, you must cross Afghanistan, and you're gonna have three options for transportation and accompaniment. I'll provide them to you. Which will you choose? Number one, to roller bill- uh, to rollerblade with Chuck Norris. Two, take a smart car with Kim Kardashian. Or three, an AP an armor personnel carrier, accompanied by three people infected with Ebola. Three. Without a doubt, three. Why is that? I'd rather be with Ebola than Kardashians. Or <laughs> Chuck Norris. Or Chuck, Sean Norris. Well, I, I just case. don't think Chuck Norris is going to do well in rollerblades right now. What? He's old. Yeah. He's having trouble. Oh, I didn't, think, I didn't know we were being literal. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I think it would be fascinating to be around someone with Ebola, honestly. Well, I mean, am, is, am I making physical contact with these people? These no, three? you could be suited yes, up. You're in, no, you're, you're in He's, the AP. Oh, you are. could be oh, suited actually, up, right? Okay, so yeah, you can be suited up. Let's not that's a long so drive. Ebola, yeah, so let's scratch Ebola. I'll, I'll go with Chuck Norris. Yeah, that's that's the, more it's fun. A good, right? yeah, he is getting older, Awfully but that's the best part about though. it. The reason you put the rollerblades on is so the earth can rollerblade under you and Chuck Norris. Perfect. back, man. Another riddle. I was on Yeah, right? All right. All right. What was your first vehicle you ever drove? 1976 Cutlass. No, it was, it was the Cutlass. No, it was a Chevy Cutlass. Yeah, it was a uh, white with a red vinyl top. <laughs> we oh, talked about beast. that. <laughs> the beast. Yeah. And where'd you get it? It was my it was my parents' old car, and it had like that tubing in the back that when it split, that big like you know 17 gauge turkey baster like like metal would go through your leg. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the piping around the cushions and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it'd be plaque pleather. Oh, and then you'd God. slide. I remember that, that piece of metal went right in my leg. And that that when it heated up in the oh, summer, so it would hot. actually burn you. <laughs> you just and you just it never got rid of the sweat. Oh, I love it. Look at the seats from fabric, right? Real that cushion it, rolled up. It was red up like the... felt. Like <laughs> awful. <laughs> God. I don't know. I personally think the seats back then were more comfortable than the ones they put in. It was like sitting on a couch. In the, no, it, it's, like it's a college really, couch. It's really less yeah. a matter of comfort than cleanliness, though. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, but still, man, and you see, you still see dudes rolling around in them. Man, they got that bench oh, seat, yeah. and the driver has his yes. own. He's leaned all the way over like that. <laughs> way back. That, that's how comfortable the AC only works on that side too. <laughs> 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 yeah. it, doesn't, it just flows. It just, it just floats. Yeah. It, it just goes. goes. Oh, <laughs> great in a straight line. And it's actually there. Those are those handled well in the snow. Oh yeah. Oh, because the weight, yeah. man. Yeah, you <laughs> a lot of pressure. Weigh six thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Like a right? Abrams. Yeah. Oh Jeez. man, unless you hit black ice. All right, go ahead. Fire away, bud. Well, then it's kind of like being on a merry-go-round because it's so big it takes forever to turn around. You can actually see what's it's coming. Like, <laughs> Imagine you can park in that thing nowadays. Oh, oh, God. I'm waiting for someone to actually reinvent and make a car like that again. You know what I mean? It's only a matter of time. I hope so because, like, the you see, like, the latest one is the minivan or the VW bus. 
They're reinventing that, and it's right. coming out. Oh, they're releasing the Bronco too, aren't they? Yeah, the Bronco, the old style. Did you see the new Raptor Ranger? Oh, the, the plug-in one. The... No, 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 no. It's it's the it's the Ford Raptor, but but it's the Ranger edition. Uh uh-uh. uh Really? Yep. Sick, huh? Yep. Oh, I gotta check that out. All right. All right. Gotta look at this. Hey oh, Ford, if you brave. want to sponsor our yeah. show, we'll each take one. Give We're happy. Thank you so much. All right, big guy. What do you got for him? All right, brother. If you could run away and join the circus, what would you do? Ooh. Man, nice. I think the trapeze would be Dude. fucking awesome. Yeah. Another trapeze. Yep. So at what? We're on our eight ninth show this week or whatever. What was seven it's, out of? Either that or Lion Tamer. We had that one we too. Had those two yeah, we've one? had. Yeah. yeah. I, the strongman thing is. Have you seen Cirque du Soleil? You've seen Cirque du Soleil. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'll take any of those positions. Right. Except for the guy climbing the stupid chairs. Leave me. No. The balance shit? No ladders. Just leave me away from ladders and chairs, man. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to be the dude at the ring toss. Guess a number. Guess a number. Or the uh, Guess my weight. I'm going to be the bearded lady, I think. I'm going to stop the clown thing. All right. Wizard. All right. Uh, let's see. Give us one thing about being a team guy that no one outside the you know, the job would really know about that really sucks, but looks sexy. Oh man. I actually, I got asked that last week, so I won't use that one. Um, <laughs> oh, it, it, the camis or uh, any, any uniform. Yeah. That matter. The dress blues. Yeah, it's uniform. like, they could be, they could be three sizes too big and you could wear it for 30 minutes and you're have debilitating back pain somehow. <laughs> When you take it off, I don't know why. Maybe it's the shoes. Uh, I was just going the back. The shoes, all oh, the boot camp Maybe shoes or the core frams. I had the I boot camp. Buds. I had my boot my boot camp shoes the whole way through. I never got. I like wish the, I hadn't gotten rid of my jungle boots in third phase, man. Those are like slippers. Oh, I still have mine, dude. I still have mine. I know you guys do. That's oh, why yeah, I said yeah. that. <laughs> well, you I'm, ain't I'm getting I'm them. You ain't wait, wait. What size? Yeah. Size nine. Like hey, Marcus, <laughs> can I put my jungles in while he's here tonight? Me and those things went through hell, bro. All right, here we go. All right, if you. We're going into your next great battle, your great battle of life challenge. How do you prioritize the physical, mental, and spiritual self to attack what's in front of you? Uh, the, the order's easy, right? I mean, that, that's pretty easy for me. It's, it's get your spirituality in, in, in place first. Uh, purpose, that, that sets your purpose, Yeah. right? Why are you doing it? That's your process as well. Like that's going to set your process in place. But also then the, the next piece is are you doing it yourself or are you doing it by you're doing it with a group? And that's where your love comes in. Yeah, man. So why that's you're there for that. So for me that's that's my process. Is is you get that that's my order, I get it in order first. And um, you know, definitely starting with uh emotional spirituality. Oh awesome. sure. Thank for you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy, last question. Great what answer. you got? Favorite superhero. It's changed. Really? Yeah. Kind of, maybe. It's always been Superman. Yeah, I know. You know know that. (laughs) I was about to yell out rhetorical. My son wanted me to be Thor a couple years ago for Halloween. That's when your hair was super long, long. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I've kind of always liked that. That the Thor, I've always liked Thor. I think Chris Hemsworth has done a fantastic job. Right out of the park. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. I get what, <laughs> seriously. All right. Well, that my friend is the mad 19 minutes. We, sir- 
Yeah, 19. Thank you so much for that 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 mm-hmm. short uh very uh sometimes intense and sometimes lighthearted answer, but as you know, bro, and and I think we we've talked about it a lot is the reason why people come to our show, we believe is is that we really are connected through our our interpretation of pain, suffering, experience, failure. And so everybody is experiencing their next great challenge, their next great never quit moment. And so we believe we provide uh, an opportunity for incredible guests such as you to come on and share these life lessons, this wisdom on how you learn to never quit in those great challenging times. So Jeff, my brother, without further ado, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories? Hmm. This is a multifaceted story. We'll start with that. I like multifaceted. Keep me on track here because I, I can, you know, I can oh, get a little bit of a Please do that, brother. Do that. <laughs> yeah, if I let you <laughs> no, two go down the rabbit hole, you, man. <laughs> it will be like 10 hours into this thing and I'll be like, can we come back? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I got, got you. So, all right. The, the big surprise is I'm not at all going to talk about really the tactical side. That, that, that for me is, uh, although there were certainly challenging moments and certainly moments that I still draw from because of that challenge within the scope of, of our, our former professions. But for me, that, that wasn't a challenge at all in compared to, in comparison to what I've, what I've put myself through over the last nine and a half years, Mm -hmm. we'll call it. And uh, a lot of people, there's very few people that know this about me. Very, very few, which is the context of why I decided to come on the show because of I've, I've trust in the fact that man we've been to war together right? yeah. <laughs> well you know so but see that's that's where the story goes along because a lot of this goes back to all the point like when i lied to you to your face twice you know what i mean ramadi so the, it, it, there's a lot of history about about my my personal sort of i don't know call we'll call we'll call it a, we'll call it a resurrection for lack of a better term okay great term <clears throat> so Long, I'll give the synopsis of, it, of kind of what I'm talking about because, you know, it, it, for those of you that do have any idea of like, again, I do have a small social media presence. People know who I am in some regard, obviously. Um, and I don't pretend that I'm, I'm a complete anonymous figure, but most people don't know my history and there's a reason for that. But, uh, so jumping in, uh, pretty heavily opiate addicted for about eight and a half years. Really, really bad. Uh, upwards of, at times up to 90 per cassette of the day. Wow. Um, the, and I know 90 just because the bottles came in 40s. And I took... <laughs> hey, don't touch my percocet. You've been there, man. I know. you have any percocet. <laughs> wow. yeah. So, you know, everything I was... You know, it got to the point where, you know, I, I should have died a couple of times on overdose. The last time that I, that I overdosed... Uh, last count, it was some... It was... It was Somewhere around 100, 100, 100 pills in total, but it was a mix of Percocet, Vicodin, Hydromorphone, um, Oxycodone. Uh, I had I had Lortab. I had my dad's fentanyl patches that I was chewing on. Wow. And uh, some I, somewhere around I, th- I think seven Valium and, and ten Xanax. I think that's I took it one time. I woke up in my front yard. Jesus. Uh, my, my truck was on, full of ammo, guns, armor, about, everything was on. I had texted two friends of mine that I was going somewhere to go do work yeah. in Norfolk. But I had passed out in my front yard. 
in the morning. The sun wasn't quite up. And that was, that was a 2000, I was still active at the time. That was 2000 and, 2011. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept it pretty quiet, really, from about everybody for a long time. Uh, it, it certainly affected my work. I, I really was a terrible fucking teammate for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's weird because I had this balance. I, I had a talent for the job. I had a skill, the shooting, the skydiving, the, the physical sides of it was a, was a, was a big skill of mine that I took for granted for a long time. And I, and I abused that. I abused it a lot in the team, but took it for granted. And I, I, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, I'm not proud of it at all. And it, and it wore on me for a long time. And the strange thing is, is that ego, ego kept that really quiet for a long time, kept it like it was everyone else's fucking problem. You know what I mean? Like it was, I was doing these sort of things because it was best for me and it was dog eat dog, no matter what. So I, uh, and, and the, the, the strange thing too is throughout all that, I still had so many guys like you all that still would stick your neck out for me. Um, for whatever reason you all did. So a lot of that too is just kind of you know you're trying to assemble a team you know you're trying to assemble talented people and like i said i was i i, I had some skill and talent and that that attracted some you know people wanting me to want to work with me or something i'm guessing i don't know but past past all that shit because that's that's kind of where the beginning of the fall for me was was you know <clears throat> as i got out i had a big chip on my shoulder coming out of the community uh it, you know it's there's a there's that real love hate sort of don't know how yeah. i feel about it um, I, I was very short talking shit about everybody that I could and it definitely caught up to me. It really, really caught up to me and lost, you know, all my closest close friends from then, you know, that timeline, uh, understandably, like it had to, had to create separation for me, uh, professionally, personally. And I totally understand that, you know? And so that's, and it's, it, this is all starting to snowball. I know it's just, just bear with me here. And it, and it got to the point where, it really turned it like my, my personal life was a total nightmare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was strange because looking back, had I continued on that path of just ego and professional ego, trying to, you know, at that point I'm out and I have my own business and I'm making terrible business decisions and it's affecting other people. And it's still ego, ego, ego. I started getting back into the drugs a little bit, started really taking a lot of tramadol. You know, mm-hmm. you start mixing drugs like I was again. And that didn't help my relationships. And, you know, I, I was, I got engaged to, you know, the most amazing woman at the time. And still, you know, it's just, what year was this? Jeff? This would have been about four and a half years ago. Okay. Almost five, you know, so I got out of the military about five years ago. And, uh, that first year was, was pretty rough. It was a really bad time for me. Yeah, self-induced and it just and it was to be super, super clear on everything. Right. At no point did the U.S. military make me, force me, <laughs> any of that, right? Mm-hmm. These are all decisions that I decided, you know, stemming from – I did have some really nasty back pain, which is very common in the community. It's not a – and then I got hooked on it. And then on deployments, it was my way of just turning the volume down in the world. But the problem is it was like deployments wasn't what stressed me out necessarily. I really enjoyed the deployments to, to some degree. Like that's what we did the job for, right? Was that yeah. sort of thrill. It's just that we got, I get back and my foot was on the gas pedal. My emotional, like it just like through, it, through the floor. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you, you, 
I, I created I created stress to basically subconsciously simulate the stress that gave me comfort overseas. Yeah. Right. And then that when I when I made terrible decisions in the squadron and was forced out for being a shitty teammate, right? It got to the point where I had nothing to I had nothing to hook my ego to. Yeah. Right? And now you're now I'm in a place where it's like I'm around, I'm surrounded by a bunch of legends. I get pushed out, you know, kind of the side for a minute to spend my last year and a half. Hey, like we're going to let you go do these things and you're good here. You spent your time here, but we're done with you. You know what I mean? Like you're not providing the service that we need. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was kind of in limbo for a bit. I, I fell in love again, back into training and coaching again and, and started trying to help out as best I could. And I was fortunate that I was a part of some really, really very cool human performance movements within Naval social warfare and SOCOM and some places that I was privy to. And I learned a ton from some really, really great people. So then I get out and think, you know, like things are going to start getting great and all those sort of things. I'm like, yeah, I'm big, bad Navy seal from this amazing command, like the most decorated unit in the history of military modern warfare. Like I was part of that. Like I'm so awesome. Yeah. But you know what? No one gives a fuck. <laughs> Heavy Nobody gives a fuck about that. Nor should they. Cause it doesn't matter because it ma- it matters in the sense of the guys that are doing, they're doing it. They are privileged with that information. Let them do the job. I get out now. It's, it's, this is, this comes, this is so interesting cause it's huge for a cir- full circle. I'm standing next to Marcus in Ramadi in, wow. in the armory and Marcus problem. Sure. He remembers this. And you were just like, I kind of stumbled into the conversation that you and Pete were having into the gun cleaning room. And the last thing I remember Pete saying was, Marcus, you know, you're going to do more good for the community out than you'll ever do in. Cause I mean, you're like, my back is killing me. I want to stay in and, all, and that, that turmoil, right? It's just like that stuck with me for a long time. Unfortunately, I didn't take that advice, Yeah, you know, until about two years ago. And that's when it all came to a head for me was, um, Ego just, it, it was so much for me and I had nothing to cling on to. I had no friends that really I could trust. And that was my fault. Like that wasn't anyone else's fault. So long story short, tried to kill myself. Thought, 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 that, was, thought that was kind of the way to go for it. You know, really was the way to go. It's enticing at and, times. And uh, so um, let, me, let me rephrase that. I had decided that it was, a, that, 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 that was the option. So I started setting things in place to do that bank accounts, lawyers and wills and all that good stuff. I started getting everything in place, getting the house in order and whatnot. And, uh, and that wasn't too long ago. That was, uh, March 1st, two years ago. So that was, it was, it was very, very strange, very, very strange time for me. And I thought I was under control. I thought rock bottom was opiates. No, if, uh-uh. the way you treat people, that's rock bottom. Mm-hmm. The, the woman that I was with truly loved me and I, I, I destroyed that, that, that commitment, that bond, that sort of, when somebody really cares about you and you betray them, that, that shame, yeah. that's real shame for me. And I'd never experienced that before. I could never let myself really try to put myself in someone else's shoes, you know, and maybe that's part of like the job and but I still think that there's a, there's certainly a place for real deep empathy. And I think that that's the point of teaching that we need to look a little bit more as 
it's not, and that, and that's the big misconception that I, that, oh, let me raise that. I had a personal misconception about who I needed to be to do that job. My personal misconception was that I had to be something purely visible, visibly overt. aggressive, always. Yeah, overt. Like I am a walking fucking billboard of overcompensation, <laughs> right? So n- now it's like it's just who I am, but I appreciate that. Like it, 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 but it's strange because I thought all this time it's like I'm thinking like how could anybody ever get to that point? And I thought, oh, I got to my bottom here. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> you know, it's it's within that once once that happened, once I really was able to understand empathy, it just made me a much better everything, better father, better friend. For the first time, I was finally I talk I talk to my mother almost every day now. Wow, and my sister. I mean, there be. There was times like in 11 years in the Navy, I took 22 days of leave. It was the last month I was in the Navy. Never once. Never. Never that. took leave. So it's just, I couldn't, I, I Jeff, <laughs> I decided to completely dive in head first, which was, there's a part, I think that's what's, it's pretty necessary as we can all agree. Like the community, you can't just like no. go in half hearted. But I think once you get in there, you go, okay. Which path you can go, and the only other path, the only path I understood was just absolute, like put the gloves on. Anyone gets in my way, just go, just just go through them. Um, and and I'm I'm not talking just the physical. No, right? it's, it's emotional, it, mental. It's everything. Sure. And so you get to the end, it's like that's it, man. You uh, the, the analogy I always used was after years and years of just neglecting my friendships and in, in relationships. The only person that was there at the end was my son, still trying to carry my shit, like that heavy load. And I realized, like, he was the first person that snapped me out of my opiate addiction, really. How old was he? Um, at the time, my son was, he's 11 now, so somewhere around six years old, I completely wow. lost the urge to spend time with him, which was complete, as you know me, as like yeah. everyone knows me, it's like, there's one thing I didn't fuck up, is being a dad. Um, Perhaps. Per, right. But, but it's like, and it's, it's made me now, it's made me such a better father, right? I realized, I realized it wasn't the, it wasn't even being the teacher that I was, I thought I was being right. And so in that, in that, see, that's the big conundrum too, is because the community that we grew up in are the greatest teachers. Like think of how you learned how to shoot and skydive and all these sort of things. You're like, this is fantastically systematic efficiency, right? And so, and, and you see that efficiency in, in nature in us. But it's it's strange because that's what relationships are. It's it's a matter of efficiency of communication, and we're so good at communicating amongst each other, even when we're not even fucking talking. <laughs> but now, I I don't even have anyone to communicate to because no one trusts me, nor should they. Right. Right. And so, long story short, I post. You know, when I, when I I was on I was well on my way to to end my life. I was certain of it. Um. And that's, that's when things changed for me. When I realized, you know, <laughs> I had a real realization. Somebody came and picked my ass up at the floor, right? For real, picked me up off my fucking bathroom floor. Jesus Christ came in and just scooped my ass up. Amen. And he it just, what, it, what, he, what he showed me, what, 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 was sh- what was shown to me, right? And now I'll, I'll say it's like, like oh, that's, that's, you don't have, have to even hear what I'm saying. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Right. Because at the end of the day, it's like, and I'm not talking church. I'm not, 
let's be super clear what I'm saying. I'm not talking church God either. Like I'm not attesting to a religion of any sort. Um, so that's, that's the very interesting thing that I've been through in, you know, going from the point of that to this. And so a lot of people ask like, well, how, how, how is it that you got to that point? You know, how is it that you were able to go from what, what was perceived as this great lifestyle with great internal, like pathetic suffering, right? This bag of gold is so heavy. I can't bear the weight of the world. Right. And when I finally looked at what it came down to is I just stopped believing my own shit. I just stopped lying. At the end of the day, that's what it was. Just stopped lying to everyone for about everything. And the, my entire life was a lie at that point. All my business contacts, everything was just rooted in these just little like nefarious exaggerations. That's what my life was. And I had to just clean up my own shit. And I finally did. I cleaned up everything, all my little pieces of my life. And I realized I had all this room. I had all this room to make better decisions. And then I, I started seeing that, well, now you can really help people. And that's, at the end of the day, that's my only goal. Like it really, like, of, of course I want to be, I want to do things I enjoy and, and be able to monetize that and, and care for my family. But I'll, I'll tell you, like, being being able being being the person or being a person that when someone comes to you and you can either be the person that either is the person the catalyst for them for them to get opportunity or you're the person that decides not to be that opportunity well i've decided so many times to not be someone else's opportunity fucking no more like i we all know people right and when i decided to finally use my intellect and apply it to some, something, a lot of really great people really are there willing to help. And that's what I realized. I just, I was sitting there complaining, like, I'm not getting any help. I'm not doing this. I'm not getting, like, I deserve all that entitlement bullshit. Just, I just put it to bed. Just stop. And, and, and it's, it served me great. So that's, that's kind of like the first sort of, like, for me, never quit is really just, and it's, it's still tied to the buds and the seal thing because it, I've never really seen the SEAL community, the BUDS sort of entry or anything, as a physical thing. I've never really seen it as that. So for me, this is just a greater extension of what I learned and just didn't deploy it until after I got out of the teams. You know, all that, and that's, that's the uniqueness that for me is like the community is now, is I'm learning from it now, finally. I didn't, I didn't do it then. So for me, it's like I have no expectations about you know, ever reconciliation with people that I certainly, I certainly was shitty to. That's their prerogative, and and certainly I deserve that. But you know, it's not, it's not, it's like not poor Jeff. Yeah, it's not it at all. At the end of the day, I think that the job that we love and that that really was a big catalyst for us to be where we're at right now. I believe that we can do that job with deep empathy and still be fucking fiercely violent i think we can be more fiercely violent like to an extreme and i but see that's what i think that we see we see this extreme extension of violence that we do that we're capable of because we fucking need to that's the only way we're ever going to extinguish evil is to be even to the edge of almost more evil like i, I just and I think that that's for me where I had to come to terms with that is you can be both. Are you absolutely, I mean, if you, 
you'll read Sun Tzu's work, right? It's that's exactly the the whole tone of it. Mm-hmm. That's the the entire tone of of martial arts. Learn this like a master, so you don't have to. So you don't ever have to use it, right? What role does empathy play in accentuating the opposite side of that, like you just said? Right. Well, how does that accentuate that ability? Because because all behavior is driven by emotion. Mm-hmm. So this is why. So you're going to do a room clearance, for example. You come in and fucking holler and scream. What are they? Uh, other people reciprocate that sort of, ah, which is why we silent cleared at times. Like train it, like learn it. Because what you do is you amp, you even amp the guys up coming in the room, right? Everyone just gets amped up. Like no, everyone fucking shut up and calm down. So that's that's why. It's going to create much greater focus in the times of most of, of greater duress, right? We, that's when we're talking about the fit. That's why for me, it's like the interesting because me as an exercise physiologist, understanding like what's going on in those moments of high stress. And that's, that's essentially what I teach mm-hmm. a part of it. So that's why. So let me big, bring this big ship around. Why is empathy so necessary for violence? Because empathy roots you in love. Yeah, that's why okay. the opposite of evil and violence is love. Empathy is because think think about this. Think of things that are objective and subjective as far as behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Hate, anger, right? Those are those are very objectively sort of I hate always and nevers. Look at try to define love. Like love is you could potentially define I think, Mm-mm. right? But empathy, right? Patience, kindness sincerity those are all very subjective feelings and when you're dealing with people you want to have the capacity to understand subjective behavior because you won't just identify it as weakness because that's what you say culture they're fucked up because of culture no 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 they're just subjectively different than you and i and so for me understanding it's like well that's oh, the, that's what those words are we're <clears throat> the kindness and all the those short derivatives those are the same word for love that a person like me and you would say to somebody else instead of saying you love them. Exactly. And be kind to them. That's, that's the, that, we all have that sin inside of us. Now Wrath, right? <clears throat> Wrath is 100. Exactly. You know, you know, so just the way like, we do it is, is in, 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 no matter how you spin on that uh, yin-yang wheel, we're going to wind up going through that hole. And yep. It's kind of coming out on the other side. And, how, sure. and we had, you, know, you had to go through that cycle to, to come out like this, same, same as me. We, we we had an opportunity to to push our wrath in a certain direction that did that same way cops use their wrath to protect right yes. so you're standing in front of it right and there's two roads to go down it there's the one where you're hurting people with it or there's the one where you're protecting people with it because that wrath can drive us to through the in the love behind it i guess that's the key right if you if you're standing in front of it and you exit the love out of it yes right? yeah it's at because that's at, that's it those are the two polars Love and hate, right? Like essentially, I, I, I think it. Yeah, I think what I, you know, the they're they're not. I think where you're able to, and what the theoretical concept of implying a greater context of love, i.e., through empathy, to generate a greater probability of wrath. Yes. Right. As yep. as what happens when you live within the construct of of sin and wrath and all these selfish desires where that drive you inward right that cease your ability to acknowledge other people's perceptions much less care what they're doing so you facilitate your own self-actualization your own desires right but what frees us of that and and flips it is when 
we initiate our our behavior, our cognition, and most especially our emotional or spiritual drive, it's when we flip that and say, I want to deliver this violence because I love the man next to me at a higher level. Yep, that's how I guess to do it. It's a training. Right? If, if you get totally. a hammer, it's like, hey, run in there and see what you can do. But like, well, man, uh, and, and he's going to be next. Idea. To you. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and, that's, a, that's what Bud does. Bud gets a bunch of us in that same line going. Well, shit. If he's going to do it, we all got to do it. Right. That cultural recoding yes. that happens there. We and they we put break us hell down. together to, 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 to further mold, reinforce it to mold it together. So the, the great challenge I'm hearing to redirect it back to this transformation you're talking about, this awakening that I hear. That's yes. what I, and I remember two years ago when we had, I, I we were on a phone not much you were the, longer. You were the third person I spoke to after I tried to kill myself. It, yes. It, and, and in that talk, I heard your, your, <laughs> I heard your entire world flip. From what I had, I had talked to you because you, we worked together with Stefan yep. Struve, and it was a, you were a different person. And so, what I want to ask you about is, as now all of a sudden you come through like what Marcus talks about—that eye of duality, mm -hmm. right? Where all of a sudden now you begin to realize that my sense of morality, as it relates to relationships mm -hmm. and how pivotal they are which I was only getting fed from, from the love I could express through my child. Yep. And, and now I'm understanding, man, all these people I've wronged, these people who loved me in the capacity with which I was, I was deliver, I was acting my deeds, right? Yep. Now all of a sudden it's flipped on you. And through the grace of God, you begin to see the power and definition of empathy, you know, core at its core love. Can you define that beginning point where you started to redefine the essentials that you were going to rebuild yourself on. That was, that choice was not my choice. <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, the, the, the only thing that I had running through my head for, cause here's the, I, I, I basically boarded myself at my house for eight months uh, to the point where, I had to bring somebody in to, cause I actually thought I had a nervous breakdown mm -hmm. and I brought Mitch Aguiar in love Mitch. into my, yeah, God, I love that love human Mitch. being. Love. He's that a good human. man. He's one, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah. Cause he walked into my bedroom, my bathroom cause I had grease pencils in my, and I had written, I'd completely covered the walls with fucking writing. Like a 23 moment. Yes. My entire bathroom twice. Raced it and did it again. Just flowing out of just you, Just right? information. I just couldn't get it out of me. Yeah. I couldn't write fast enough. It was just, it was seriously like Shia LaBeouf in fucking Transformers. I'm not kidding you. Yep. I would, for, and I, Mitch looks at me and he goes, are you seriously, dude? Are you fucking out of your, like, he just stopped. Like, so that's the transition then. The next leap was like, okay. For me, it was admitted of guilt, admit, admission of guilt in everything. Nice. Not, not like... Not like, well, Pick and it kind of wasn't. No, mother, Pick and choose. If, if you were alive and you were involved, your fault. Maybe it's kind of the whole, hey, you know, fool me once, right? You're not going to fool me twice. So that's the thing is like, I very quickly learned that the things that were coming out of my mouth for so many years were just exaggerations of the truth. And they just, if they no longer sat with me, an, an example is that of that would be 
someone say, Hey, where are you going to go this week? And then like, I go visit a friend, got invited to go spend a couple days with a, a team and you know, they'd pay me a salary to, for a couple days and I go, Oh, I work for this team. No, you don't. You did a small consulting gig for them on this very particular thing. And so just that mindset of changing, what I realized is that it wasn't what I was saying to people that, that they were listening to me for. It was just because what I was saying was truthful then. They didn't care the context of what I was saying anymore. Because when I became, became someone that people could depend on and be truthful, then it's like you get this flooding of information back to you of, of good. Like, oh, I'm doing this right. It's positive feedback loop because it's con called conversation right. instead of argument. Healthy, yeah, yeah. You know? So that was the big, you know, then, then that's, that's when, after that moment, that's when my life really kind of took a bit of an interesting turn then too is I was, I never realized how bad, how bad my anxiety was. Like it just, it was one of those things that I I'd compensated with anger, pure wrath, pure wrath, man. And, uh, <clears throat> I was in Colorado, Denver, Colorado, very, very good friend, three very, very good friends of mine saved my life, for real saved my life, you know? And uh, I had really, really been struggling with anxiety. I had thrown up every, after every meal for 22 straight days. Wow. Um, I had dropped almost, I I'd went from 260 to 207 in, uh, in that month. And I just, I thought it was an autoimmune issue. My hair was falling out again. This is very reminiscent of when I was really, really, really strung out on opiates. And something wasn't right, man. Just something just, I was fucking scared, man. I was yeah. really scared. Um, my father passed recently from cancer and it just, I was alone, man. I was completely, like completely isolated and like, fucking isolated, self-isolated. Yep. And a friend of mine said, Hey man, we're going to Denver. You need to get the fuck out of your house and go to Denver and meet. We're going to go take care of a friend. She's doing, you know, she's having a benefit and we're going to go support her. And I was like, eh. like, no, you don't have a fucking choice. You're going. But it was fortunate because those three people that I really trusted, I, I'd learned to trust some oddly enough through all this, you know, and I'm sitting in Denver and they're like three people who really cared for me for whatever reason. are like, Hey, you should probably try this. And I was like, the fuck is this? And they're like, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to take cannabis tonight. Cause you need to chill the fuck out. And I'm like, uh, -uh. cause my only experience, only experience is opiates. Yep. And that put me right where it put me here in my, in my teachings, my upbringing, my, my very, I had fantastic mother and father. still my, my father's late father, my mom and sister, I grew up in the Partridge family, man. They taught me what was, what they knew was best. Marijuana is bad. It's a gateway drug, blah, blah, blah. For, for many, all I can say is I can only speak for myself. And my first, my first time trying cannabis was with three people I trusted in an environment, right? I'm 30. At the time, I was 38 years old. I'd never tasted I only I've had alcohol three times in my life. Mojo's wedding was one, <laughs> right? Um, Thanksgiving two years ago, and then uh, another team guy's uh, wedding about four years ago. So again, it's like I'm not I'm not against alcohol consumption like that, but I'm just trying to lay the groundwork of like. I grew up very straight edge, extremely straight edge. Interesting. And so for me, it's like, that's bad. But, and especially using heroin and, <laughs> and the, you know, the stuff, the new bane and everything that I was using. So it, like, it was like, how could this? But it was three people trust me. So I tried it and it, it was a little bit weird, a little bit anxiety at first. But I can tell you for sure that 
that was a step for me that was really necessary because it allowed me to then further engage my emotions and, and, and be able to, okay, deal with them and move in and just really just manage anxiety, you know? And, and can we just briefly, because one of the things that I, I want our listeners to understand is that when you talk about, you know, anxiety, your understanding of it on the molecular level is, is off the charts. And, I, yeah. and so if we could right now, can you talk about what it's like to have that much cortisol dumping into your brain for that long a period of time, which it did, how it affected you sleep. Yeah. Talk about the physiological challenges you suffered from in that bout. I, I don't, it, anxiety is too little of a word for what right. you were. It, I guess it, it's, it's hard to encompass the emotion, I suppose. But you know, for me, I was, I was averaging about three hours of sleep on a good night. Like it really, it, it, <laughs> If I got nine solid hours, like actual sleeping hours a, a week, that would be good, like total. Um, but for, I, tramadol would keep me awake for a long time. That was the one drug. It did the opposite. And but if you, t well, I don't want to give numbers. If you take enough of another sleep aid, it does the opposite, mm -hmm. right? It becomes an extreme stimulant, but you hallucinate really bad. So stay the fuck away from drugs folks <laughs> so aside from okay caveat to that would be okay as we move on right i sleep is sleep is the big impairment issue that's that's the linchpin and i won't go down the science of that that's that's the genesis of a lot of the problems like i had to get that in order um so that was the first step for me um but sleep was just terrible it's off the, it's, you know stress obviously is there and that's a big component and that's what leads to the as uh, a component to the higher cortisol and some other things uh, and again, we can go down that road, but that's a whole other road too. But again, the problem is, is that when you're in that state, when you're in that state of, we'll, we'll, we'll just call it like this. It's like, it's the RPM needle of a car, right? Yes. The Ferrari, the Lamborghini, even the little Civic, it, it can handle very high RPMs, but the higher performance that engine is, the higher it can handle those RPMs. But even like open wheel Ferraris, right? At the end of that race, man, they're disassembling every bit of it. And they're putting it back together. We don't have the opportunity, right? We were always revved, always revved. And what that does from a neurochemical standpoint, it sets neural pathways. It's no different than touching a hot stove. You're not going to ever forget that stove is hot. And the feeling and sensation, unless you've had a severe stroke, right? You've had been severe or severe concussed or some other sort of brain, brain unfortunate brain traumas or diseases. That alters the pathway. You're not going to alter that neuro, neurochemical pathway. But that's what trauma does, um, especially with over over overpressure, overblast in conjunction with sleep impairment, food impairment, and all these sort of things that we, we, we tend to get uh, as a byproduct of, of our performer profession. But that's, that's, that's life. And see, that's, that's the curveball. We know our guys are going to get that big, big shit sandwich. But here's, here's what the world isn't telling you. Is it's all fucking fixable and it's all reversible for the most part. If you are, if you are actively monitoring these people, it's being done in a wide mm. scale and many, many pro teams all over the fucking world. Yeah. We have the U S military that has unlimited resources, has unlimited money, has unlimited manpower. I'm not asking to fuck the VA. I don't want to be, have anything associated with the VA. I've been turned away twice from the VA in an ER twice. I've been turned away from the ER in wow. Hampton, Virginia twice. Wow. So I don't go to the VA, which is, yeah, Hampton VA turned me away. The ER, I'm 100% service disabled. Wow. So fuck you, VA. 
I take care of myself. The U.S. government does not take care of me, nor should it. It's not their responsibility. Mm. I joined the military in a time of war. I did. I volunteered. I didn't get fucking drafted. My father got drafted. He didn't have a choice. So I am not saying the VA needs to take care of me. What I'm saying is the resources that are available to our men and women, it's available. The reason why it's available, because I'm still fucking sitting here. Yeah, you are. And I'm using it every day. I'm using, and that's, that's, that's the big thing, is like there is so much positive treatment for our men and women's brains. Because I'm proof, right? I'm absolute proof. 100%. I, I, I log all of my own personal data. I monitor all my own blood. Again, I, I'm an exercise physiologist. I can do that. I know exactly. I'm, I'm off 100% pharmaceuticals. I was on 17 at one point. Wow. Off. I'm, I take testosterone because my, my testicles don't make testosterone because all of my concussions. Oh, well. So I can take 200 milligrams of testosterone once a week for the rest of my life. I'm good with that. But I am taking, I don't even take Tylenol anymore. I don't, I don't take anything ever. I just don't. It, it, I, I, use, I use cannabis. I use CBD. I use psilocybin. And I use food. That's what I use to take care of myself now. Right? And then I use the other treatments we're talking about. Right? Like I said, cannabis is a huge thing. And like, again, that's the next step is the documentary that we're, I'm involved in and documenting all this, right? Using <laughs> psychedelics, right? Let, let's wait one second because that's a whole nother development in yep. terms of, of these deep core issues that I, I'd just like you to touch on a little bit. Because one of the things that, you know, is, is very relevant and essentially it is an essential component, I believe, of, of, of how sharp we, may, we are within that profession and any, any profession that's relative to it, all the special operations, all the agencies that are out there and putting their lives on the lines and any because ego is a massive component of all that. And yep. it's, it's a component of the training, the culture, how you evolve in it. Right. As you shifted, because one of the most, one of the greatest things that I love about knowing you and following you is when I see you with these other incredible minds within your field, right? Within all fields. I mean, uh, Shauna down, what is Shauna down in yeah, yeah Shauna House and like yeah in, in Australia. Yep. You're the the performance psychologist that you work with all yep. the time. John Sullivan, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you never you walk into all of these experience with this. And you're a smart human being. You're one of the best that I've ever met. And that's why, you know, I always reach out to you when I have problems, right? Is, is explain how your ego has shifted and that the, to become more available to information and relationships. Yeah, that's, that was a, that's a tough one because the perspective is hard. Perspective is really, really hard for someone to have empathy in those subjective behaviors when ego is like it's a company, it's a company's wrath. So for me was, it, it, it was rooted in pretty, pretty simply just, tr it started with the truth. Just tell the truth. Like that's, that is, this is how this all started for me. And it was really kind of in conjunction with like Mitch and it was a tell the truth. And what I found out was I couldn't even tell the truth in simple conversations because I was exaggerating. So I had to practice. 
It was very strange. I had to practice telling the truth, you know? So when my, when my ego shifted and it's still, believe me, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's still a battle. I got fucking Hulk inside me and he is a pain in my ass. So, and he, and he comes switch, out. He comes out switch the superhero. <laughs> yeah. Right? He, he comes out sometimes, I guess. I don't, I'm not trying to be metaphorically silly, but yeah. it just is what it is. I just have a lot of wrath. I have a lot of anger and, and it's rooted into stuff, but, but I know what it is. And now that's, that's the thing is like, when you're truthful to yourself, like truly truthful, you will see all of your fucking problems playing this day. And then you're going to go, oh, Jesus. Then you have to just, that's when the decision happens. Because everybody has a tendency to kind of leap before they look. But if you start listening to your own conversations and realize that if somebody actually audited, audited what you said, watch out watch out yeah. because now you start realizing i was like oh my god i'm doing the same thing to my children to my to my to the per to my spouse to my boyfriends to my friends you're just like i'm exaggerating to strangers just to get them off my back in an airport telling some outlandish story because it's like you know you're a seal and you're like what do you do for a living like oh i'm a i don't know like i'm a zipper driver on the coronado bay bridge and just to leave my <laughs> like to my teacher something boring right yeah but you know it's like you 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 could play that off as a team guy because you knew at the end of the day, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm a fucking seal. I'm a badass. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you get out and you're like, well, I'm just a fucking teacher. And you're like, well, I've always been able to just been like, yeah, I'm just a seal. And everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. And it's just like, I get out and like, I'm just a fucking teacher. But now I'm like, you bet your ass. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want any sort of, uh, I don't have any aspirations to be anybody. I just want to teach. I just want to help people. I just want to, I want to be able to lay out some of the issues I've had in my life and have people to take a look at them and go, that might be a good resource. That might be a, a good avenue for me to, to look at and go, I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been treating someone I love. I, I'm not, I, I am not a relationship counselor. That's not what I'm saying. I'm kind of like, hey, man, what's the truth? Like, that's as far as my counseling would go to someone. like, what, honestly, what is the truth? Then don't fucking do that, you know? And it's good for me because it keeps me honest. Yeah. So that's for me, that ego, that ego shift happened because it felt really, really good for once to tell the truth and that, you know, the people you're broadcasting that truth to is going to go, okay, take it on board. And as you keep doing it, then they just accept it. They take it as truth and, then it, it. And, then, and that's, and that's relationships. And then you realize that all, that was all achieved by open, honest communication and keeping your ego in check. And it's tough. It's really, really tough. But, and I'm saying it's like, I'm still going to, I'm always going to have an ego. I'm never going to be not outspoken. Like people know me as, as that I am. And, but now it's passion. Now it's not, now it's not ignorance and it's not, it's not malicious. It was fucking before it was malicious. It's not, it's, I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. Um, I'm glad that I was though. I'm really glad I was a piece of shit. I was, I'm, it's like the greatest blessing of my life. Cause now I have, I have, I have a huge history of a rear view mirror that is just a fucking chaos. But the two years is nice. And like that rear view mirror head looks good. Marcus, you talk a lot about that, that, that up to 40 after 40, oh, what yeah. makes that change that shift so powerful for guys like us? new beginning like starting over from 
with the excitement we had when we were going into buds and everything that's ahead of you. And the reason perspective so hard from zero to 40, you just have an opinion yeah, and you're forming sure. it. After that, the, the perspective comes in. Hopefully, 70, you get some wisdom on top, <laughs> right? right? I mean, you kind of put all of the good and bad together. And the rearview mirror is, is that, that, that you look back there, and then you also stand outside of your – you got the side mirrors, too, so you can see the sides of the vehicle. Yeah, and all yeah. it up. Beat the <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Shit, yeah. What's up, man? The Nova. One of just hanging. Yeah. So, so when you're rolling into, the, uh, you know, into the, the White House in a monster truck, you know, it's kind of like everybody looks at the monster truck, and there's like, it's, hey, hey, yeah, park next to a limo. Here's a 50, you know. They get him every But uh, that's the whole concept because the only way you know to measure what we're into now is how bad it was. I mean, you, right, if you weigh yeah. it off somebody else's, you, you just weigh it off somebody else's. hopefully still not doing it. Like, oh, I'm going to just fuck my life up again just so I can reset that. Exactly. No, 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 that's no, 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 yeah. 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 That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And at 40, you, you take all those experiences, you stop, you start over and go in a completely different direction like you're in kindergarten. So you're just kind of basically yeah. putting it all together and is, don't be in any hurry. A lot of times when we get out, you're like, Navy SEAL, Sierra Inland Specialist, what do we got to do? You know, but Crush we, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, instead of starting Problem over, and we, we were like, we don't want to go back to the mail room or start at the bottom. We kind of like, hey, and, and that's exactly what it is when you step away. That's why when when you step away from the team guys, and luckily it happens this way. It's not by design. They don't talk to you. Right? It's just a working. I mean, yeah. you know, we just don't talk to everybody because we have to stay in that mindset, and that that kind of cuts you loose. And then you feel like, man, my friends don't like me. My, you know that that whole concept of it. You know, like, but um. Yeah, when you walked in on it, man, I, I was, you remember towards the end of Ramadi, man, it's everything I got just to get out of bed. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just holding on, man. I don't know. Cause, oh, because I, I had the same thing. I was sitting on the crapper in the Buds in the buds compound, uh, 602, no, one, uh, 618, whatever it is, no, 602 and 604, yeah, 604. Or whatever, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. And, and, and I just was out there in San Diego and walked in there to the same stall. I was looking at it. I literally was like, all right. Navy SEAL, we're going to live this life, every piece of it. There's no wife, no kids. We're just whatever team guy life is, that's team guy life. Make the story. Live it. Live yeah. the story. Because when I was, we were in Hellwick, we were pals. Like, hey, guy, we're in the books. You know, we're in the yeah, documentary. Yeah. I always, yeah. yeah. <laughs> life's so damn hard for me. I was just so happy to be there. Like a yeah. spectator. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by default, you're around solid guys, man. That stuff drops on top of you. And then good or bad, it's coming in. Yeah. And then if... Uh, we're kind of batteries, not the voice of reason. You throw us in the middle of something, we're going to spend like yep. anybody's business and, and, and go. And, um, man, that was supposed to be like that. You know, that hard part, that's why you kept it away from everybody. And, and uh, the problem was during the transition, and that's when it happened, you know, when you transition out away from all of that, well, you feel it. <laughs> until you, until, and finally, when you're all the way out in the civilian world, you're like, yeah, and then you're at the bottom again. <laughs> yeah. It finds a way to put your ass back down there, right man. Down. It surely does, right? Like emotionally, spiritually. Yeah, no and and the, uh, the, the cool part is you're like, man, I, you know, you got that, that seal mentality, spirit locked in there. That blue flame burns inside of us, never go down. Yeah. Right? You just got to find ways to push it. So <laughs> when I, that's one of the best part about getting married to Melly, man, is it's like every team, everyone, everything belongs to, she's the, the LIC, the LP, whatever she oh, says, yeah. just go. Check the tire pressure yeah. on her car. Just everything, push. right? Because <laughs> yeah. if something goes wrong and I didn't check it, then the team goes on me, man. Right? Yeah. So I'll make sure that she kind of facilitate that, and uh, it's just giving us something to fill in that back in your 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 purpose. The whole first part, man, was to learn everything about yourself, and then hopefully try to apply a little bit of it, and then get the knowledge from it. Yep. And when we're time to pass it down to the kids, the next version of us. Just the doors are shut. Right. As they progress through life, they're going to open them up themselves. And then we'll be there to tell them what's in the room or not. And uh, 
you know, it's just see what, see what, hey, what's the next version of me going to do? I was like, I was really into this. Are you? No. Okay. Damn. You know? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Damn. And that's, that's the other thing too, is like your, your little brain when you're 25, you're certain you're going to be into the same shit when you're 40. No. Oh, oh my goodness. You don't have a clue. Oh, you got, oh. you got to leave the same movie on TV all night and not turn it off and go to bed. Cause I don't know. You've seen the scene. Like it would change after we yeah. watched it a million times or, or I got to go out with the boys just in case something crazy happens. Yeah. I want to be there. No. And, uh, now sundown, uh, lay down <laughs> and uh that's the best part i mean you know not regrets right it's, for uh, sure man it's uh and, and, and see that's 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 like the the double-edged sword of it i guess is that it is also my belief that you you should do what he's what should do that you should go down i i really do i think if you're going to be a team guy that should be your intention and then you just i i don't pretend to know how to temper it as we as we as we age, right? That really falls on the mentorship with the team guys, but it also and, and what you're available there. to, right? Yeah, we emotional shut, availability. The walls, is, the walls are are literally shut down on us. Yeah, and we accept it willingly. Yeah. And I love the way you describe it. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming NSW. I'm not blaming where you were at after that at, at command. You're not. And, and nor should we ever blame no. anything. It's it's on us for yes. our own choices we, yeah, to accept. We it. put those up ourselves so, we, so no one can come into our little circle. And then when you're coming out, times have changed. Yeah, I mean they just changed. So you got to reacclimate. It's kind of like going, I guess, back through high school and, and everything getting picked on. People you screwing up. You're like, okay, I thought that was a cool guy, but obviously he's not. You know, he just wants something else, man. And it right. just perpetuates that whole that whole um, motion. Well, one of the things I want to I want to get back now to what you had were talking about before, when I said, "Hey, let's come back to that with your growth now," and you talk about efficiency of communication, right? Where when in the teams you literally are not communicating at all. You re, you you train so much that you acknowledge each other's proficiency on every level. Well, now, man, it, it's a greater contest because you're not. And immerse, you're not immersed with people, right? So you have to be much more perceptive, you know, but through your communication, through your ability to be aware of another person's ego, another person's words, another person's truth or lies, how are you discovering a greater way to explore your efficiency in communication as a teacher the communication in your own mind and your spirituality in communication. Yeah, that's a pretty straightforward answer for me, really, because it's it, I experienced that. Uh, what I'm hearing is that, you know, for, for me, as you explain, as you describe, like, hey, how did this happen? I can explain the moment. Like, this is this is how I frame it. Is that when I when I came to that realization that, like, I, I you know, when God came to me, it was like. Hey, it, it's time to go to work. Like you have that fire inside of you fucking use it. Like use it for me. Then it was like, I was a shut at that point. I was in my house eight months. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I had all my groceries delivered, right? Whole foods delivered because I don't about it. So I just never left my house. Wow. Ever. Um, and it was, it, you know, about once every six days or so, but, um, you know, for me it was, I, so the answer the crazy to that thing is, about tech, man, is it, it, it makes that possible. It does. Usually you had to get up and go out and talk to somebody to order food. So that that's so, exactly what I had to do. Yeah. I had to stop. I had to practice talking to people. Yeah. So I, I do shit that makes you really scared. Scares the pants off you. Go do it. 
Like, and for me, going to the grocery store, oh man, brutal, gave me anxiety. So, I, I, it shut me down. Just, I, I just couldn't move. I couldn't talk. It just, the idea of it was just very strange to me. So I was like, okay, make friends. Here, here, <laughs> one minute you have no trouble going and and going face to face with the hardest fighters on the planet, yeah. but yet. Going to the grocery store and, Man, and, and buying just, food. No, just, yeah. I'm telling you, just getting in my truck. Oh. I, oh. It just seemed foreign to me. It seemed dangerous. It seemed dangerous. You know what I mean? It really seemed dangerous. So, answer is this. Yeah, I had to go practice being a good person. <laughs> just that statement alone, people, I think so many people struggle with that go to the airport and try to be nice to everybody it's fucking so difficult <laughs> but it's so good it's so healthy like like fly i flew out this morning and it's like the first person you see at the kiosk they're half asleep start talking to them hey how's the going? best part of your day so from been so far and they're like my day just started like it's got to be something and they're like who the fuck is this yeah guy? who is this and guy? it's even me it's like that's not me people are listening to this that have no that know me are going He's out of his fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to practice. Yeah. And now, and now, don't get me wrong. I still shut myself in my house pretty regularly. Yeah. People drain me. But I mean that with respect. Because now I'm giving, I'm doing my best to give people the time that they deserve. Yeah. When they're talking to me, they owe my time. Right? If, if I've decided to stop and talk to a human being, it's my time. Right? And so... For me, when I decided to start practicing, that was a world of difference because I because I didn't realize how shitty of a communicator I was too. <laughs> Unless it was objective, do this, shut up, stop it. You know, like a parent, yep. everything's objective. Yep. Everything in the teams, when you become a leader, tends to air, tends to shade objectivity, right? Right. Or even as receiving directives and orders as a young team guy, it's it's objectivity. So, um, I was not. I, <laughs> Crazy. There's much more nuance. Kind of crazy. You come out like you started because in buds, man, that's where we learn how to talk to to any and every alpha mentality there is. There's no yeah. harder way to get to to talk to people. You got to bark out all the words, water, you know, everything we're doing, man. Problem is, you know, we get in, we learn our own, we have our own language. Yeah, totally. Yep. Which, <laughs> totally. Is, which isolates yeah, us. Yeah. And you yeah. get out and you say something, and people are like, just the tone. Our tone is different. Yeah. The words we choose. The disdain we carry on our faces, man. Body language Everything. is powerful. Everything. It's excruciatingly I, It's like a pack of wolves. But. <laughs> no, it's exactly. It's primal, man. It's primal. It truly is. And I, see, I think that's, that's the thing that I, I think, again, I have not, I'm not privy to some of those leadership development courses that are currently with the Naval Social Warfare. I'm not privy to them. But for me, it just I, I've been privy to... I've been privy to most world championship locker rooms over the last... Four years, every single sport, every single team, college, pro, to include Australia, and I missed having an opportunity to spend time with all blacks. So I've seen, I've worked and seen the best athletes on the planet in the last four years of, of uh, and I, because so cool. here's the, here's, here's the, and here's, and this is not like, oh, look at Jeff. No, I had a goal when I pulled my head out of my ass two years ago because <laughs> I, for, blessed, my business is very healthy. I have free time. I don't have any debt. I have things I want to achieve. The thing I wanted to achieve more than anything else was to learn, continue to learn from the best experts on the planet. 
And one of the coolest things is no one's ever told me no. Not a single coach has ever said, no, you can't come visit me and learn from me. I don't want to teach you. That's the most amazing thing about good teachers yeah. is all they want to do is teach. teach. That's it. So if anyone goes, well, I don't, I don't know how to. Well, now, because of social media, you can find real experts that are affordable, achievable, attainable, whatever it may be. And that, that's my whole thing is like, if I need to understand sleep, let's go talk to this, one of the smartest humans on the planet about sleep, Shona Housen. Yeah. All right, if I really want to talk about whatever, I go talk to so-and-so. I love that, dude. That's you, what I do. The, the Hunter Chasky, dude, this best sprinting Hunter coach. Hunter is a stud, oh, absolute stud. Oh. Like, he is the future of my profession. Wow. He is a fucking juggernaut, and he's brilliant. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. He's, I had teachers that showed me how to, like, yeah, how to act appropriately as an adult, right? How to be a man, how to do these sort of things. My father certainly did a fantastic job of that. But I think as a teacher, one of the best things we can do is find somebody that you, something about them, like something visceral in their gut go, man, that person reminds me of me. And if I help them, they, I or go, I can help them. I just want to make sure that I deliver in a way that they're not going, well, who is this dude? And the only way we do that is go, hey, my name's Jeff. What's yours? You're walking the mile, brother. You're out there on that Jericho mile where you are now in a whole nother realm of searching for that truth, that purpose, that, that peaceful pathway of pain that we have all come become so accustomed to. Would you, you, you started to talk about this new documentary, but re- related to the fact that you document yourself, you pay attention to yourself on the physical, the mental, the yeah. spiritual emotion, walk us through why you do that and then what it's led you to in the path now you're setting forth with this documentary. Yeah, uh, man, if I were to describe it, everyone would certainly think I'm completely off my, out of my mind and OCD. Um, but see that for me, that is, I've always been a all or none sort of mentality. And and I think that that's why I had these big moments where it was like, I let it get to the point of catastrophic. Um, it's a bad habit that I'm breaking, but for me, the path has been, um, I document everything because I don't want it to happen again. I document everything because I know that these are resources that people like me, similar to me now or in the future will benefit from them. Uh, it will save people's life. I believe that I really believe not, not because, because of anything I've done is special, but because what I've done works. Um, and, and what I, because I'm not, not because I've created this. I, I found people that are real experts, like real clinical professional experienced experts in this that do this for a living. And they, they look at me and go, yeah, of course we can do this. We've been doing this since 1950. Like, what do you mean? Oh, it's elite. It's legal in 117 countries. And it's not legal here. <laughs> well, why isn't it legal here? Oh, right. Oh, we won't go down that whole political fucking tirade that I've got. Not, not politics in the sense I, I am not, I am not polit- political by affiliation at all. So let's, we'll just say that. Um, but for me, it's important to document my own because it it always leaves me a bookmark because, because for me, it's, if you, 
because I'm at the point now personally where I can change a bunch of variables. That's a bad idea to do in the scientific realm is changing many variables because then you don't know, right? So, but now I can change a couple of them at a time. I can tweak them. And what I mean by my own variables of my eating habits, I, huh. I'm so precise with my macronutrients and micronutrients and what I eat in terms of like, I can tell if I've eaten too much of something by inflammation. It's getting weird. Like, but a lot of that too is like, this is going to sound kooky for you, for many people, but it's just because of the medicine that I use allows me to do this. I, I have a, I've always had an affinity for learning, um, but I haven't had much of an affinity for knowledge. And now my affinity for knowledge is, is a little bit overwhelming at times. I was averaging, um, for that eight months I read, I averaged eight books, eight books a week for eight months. That's what I averaged. So, um, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't put, I just couldn't stop. It just, it was, it was truly, truly psychotic. It was, it was insane. Truly. Um, so that's the, well, that's and that's the great fear of the direction. Now you're traveling is mm. that we, when you start to explore those, those, those corners of your, of your brain to simplify it. Right. Right. It, 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 People are afraid of the the psychosis that's affiliated with yes. it. Yes. And they should. A hundred percent, because the stories be. are true, yep. right? There is a, uh, an, an incredible amount of documentation about, you know, that, the, that type, those types of plants, those types of remedies, those types of rituals, those types of uh, uh, decadent behavior. Uh, all those things are, you got to take into consideration. hundred percent. So, so tell us, tell our listeners now why you're doing the documentary and what you want to help prove and not only to the external I just world want to share i want to share, I want to share. Yep. That much yep. much better thank you for correcting me what you want to share about your experience yeah i think <laughs> I, I was approached by by this group to do a documentary where really it was just going to be a teaser it was going to be like hey let's just let's let's shoot a promo on brain treatment using non-clinical or uh, uh, non-traditional medicine. Uh, in this case, uh, Ibogaine. Because there are, there. I mean, U.S. government specifically right now is looking at DMT and a bunch of other psychedelic drugs through MAPS to do just this because it works so fucking well. One time. Eradicate or either, either eradicate symptoms or do a 100% elimination of addiction of any sort brain trauma right it, it's it's what what these medicines are doing for our men and women right now and so again i'll, I'll kind of get myself reeled back in a bit is that the path is i i got there because i felt like through this this emotional journey that because of my anxiety i could only get so far I had three wonderful people that introduced me to cannabis allows me to get to the next doorway. It, it, it doesn't force me. It doesn't do anything. What it does is it pulls, it, it pulls back. It, it, it opens my heart of empathy. It lets me to be very introspective without judging myself or others. If I choose very specific strands of cannabis, there's some I don't because they give me too much anxiety. Some I don't, I have a very, very specific group of, of cannabis strands that I use for very specific things. Again, anxiety for sleep for appetite for a few other things right so 
as I'm working through this and mapping it out and I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm reaching the limitation to this, to the, to, to cannabis from what I can understand. I, I've spent weeks and weeks and weeks with people that do this for a living and know that know like that grow this, that do, I, that's what I do. That's, I'm, I'm not just reading this shit on Google and I'm finding high times. Like, I'm finding the, <laughs> some of the original <laughs> cannabis families in the United States and, and standing over their shoulders and figuring out how they do this shit. That's what I'm doing because I'm going to do it. I am doing it. I'm making my own. I'm going to grow my own. I'm going to make my own for my own, myself and my own athletes. That's under the auspice of absolutely pure and clean and everything. Like I just, there's something there, but getting back on. So the cannabis got me to a point, got me to the next step. And then I had somebody that, um, I trust as much as anyone on this planet. Um, and as respect to him, I'm not going to use his name just because I don't know how he would feel about. Um, so he introduced me to psilocybin mm -hmm. mushrooms. And I, I, can, I can tell you one thing for certain that that particular medicine is, is, is arguably one of the most profound experiences I've ever had in my entire life. It showed me, showed me absolutely conclusively what empathy was all about. Like, I can't begin to, we don't have the vocabulary to describe the experience. Um, so that's, so ironically enough, I had, I've, I've, I've gone through seven, seven treatments now. And now I'm not the same person. I am, I, I'm the same human being, but I certainly am not in the same mind state that I was before. And now the next step is I feel like there's, there's more gates I need to get to. There's some real, real deep introspection that I want and I'm willing and I, and I need, I, I need, I need, I need to know certain things about myself that I can't explain. And I believe these drugs will allow me to have the introspection to really finally put my wrath to a contained place that I can let him come out and play whenever I need him. But he's happy and content in his hundred acre ranch in Colorado. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's that's the plan is now this amazing human being came across my plate that spent 90 days in a Chinese prison lost his mind right same sort of trauma um, he was he was a juggernaut in the business world right uh, and he got exposed to these the, the, these medicines and it, and it reshaped and reformed his belief systems and his life and resurrected him from he was molested as a child all these sort of things again he was a one of Steve Jobs' top sort of performers at one point, right? And then now he reached out to me because a lot of guys aren't, aren't willing to share this story. We're recording it. We're filming it, all of it, before, during, after the treatments, every bit of it, right? We're talking about my opiate addiction. We're talking about my infidelity. We're talking about everything because it's real. It's necessary. And that is why I believe because how I feel now if I could put that, that uniform back on right now from, from an X's and O's standpoint, oh, different person. I was a dangerous motherfucker, but now I would just be, I don't know what the next word, like I, I would be dangerous, but I would be, I'd be fucking trustworthy, Dave. <laughs> like my teammates would really fucking trust me. And, uh, so that's what, that's what I look at is like, it's just now it's, it's, a, it's a matter of just trust, just building trust. Like let, let, let. Let my history show, right? Let the next years of my life show. Don't take my word for it. Just, just hold the fuck on because we're going to change the world. Hmm. Wow. 
That's some, uh, it's a lot. That's next a lot. question. Yeah, next <laughs> question. Wow. Oh man. Uh, all right. It, it's as our listeners are are literally sitting there going, "My God, I don't know if I'm prepared for the the depths of this transformation and the time with which you're doing." It. I mean, one of the things I know we talked about it during that time is you know, give yourself time don't don't you don't have to rush yep. to I it. did not I made that mistake yeah. I did yeah but, and yep. and that and I think for our listeners that becomes the great challenge right it it this takes time the your awakening your enlightenment takes time so if you could help our listeners to say hey all right to begin their pathway to at least get up to stand up towards a new enlightenment right? On the pathway towards a new enlightenment, right? Like we have Goggins on Goggins. He, his transcendental, mm-hmm. you know, enlightenment comes from the depth of yep. pain, right? We've had Aubrey Marcus who also talks about plant medicine as, uh, you know, in fact, he's down in South America right now, right. you know, on this. In Iowa, Ayahuasca, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, that was that a couple de- months ago. He's just uh, isolating himself. Gotcha. He's on, okay. on, in, a, in, a, in a spiritual isolation component. And we have all these other people that, you know, whether it's the depths of their, their con, you know, their conservative faith or whatever it might be, we always ask, hey, what's the ignition point for them? What do you recommend for our listeners to get, to get up and get, the, get the, the pathway going? Let your good deeds be your repentance. Let your good deeds be your repentance. Like that's, that's for me, that's what got me going. It was like, okay, it's like, we're talking about truth, right? Repentance is actuation of that truth. Do good deeds. Be good to people. Say good morning. Tell people you love them if you love them. All the time. All the time. Practice it. Because that's like, well, I never tell my wife I love her. Well, I wonder why the fuck she doesn't like you. <laughs> right? Because you've just practiced the last 11 years to only tell your wife or husband, whatever it may be, that you love him only once every 11, 12 days. Wonder, you got to practice this shit, folks. Right? You, we, guilty, took love for granted for a long time. Not anymore. Like, I, that's the conversation we had off. Like, I, I was not ready for a healthy relationship for a long time. Like, I, re, no, I mean, I'm talking even friends let alone female friends. I have fucking female friends now <laughs> that I don't have sexual appetite for, that I care for and love and I would, would maim for if somebody messed with them because I care for them. And, and that has been the, 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 the happiest thing that has happened to me in two years is this thing, is, is just this, this, this statement. One of them is that, I am so happy for other people's success. And that is especially my friends. Like it, it's a very, a very interesting, interesting thing to have is like going, Oh, there's enough love for everyone to get as much as I can give. Like, and now granted, I'm still a pain in the ass to some people. Get it? Like I, I have my moments, but I'm just saying like the people I really care about now, they fucking know it. They know it and they believe it. Mitch Aguiar said this to me and it stuck with me to this day, man. Like it's, it's super powerful for me is that 
Consistency shows kindness. And that is true. That is very true. Don't underestimate the power of kindness. Like, don't. Like, it's, it is a close cousin to love. So, and it's powerful, man, because that's, that's the other thing, too, is, like, violence can't fuck with love. Nothing. So, for me, it's like, I've shifted that ego, that wrath has become love. Um, and it's, and it's, it's still like, it, it resembles wrath sometimes. And that's the weird thing is because they so are closely like, they're so, they're so polar that they seem similar at times. So we begin to resent one or the other because of one or the other. And that's what happened to me is I began to resent love and that spilled into my relationships because love is, 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 is not an objective thing. And I saw objective people as weak. That's, that, that's kind of like the question, that kind of the full circle question of what we were saying is like, objectivity is fucking strength, subjectivity is weak. And that's, that is, that was pointed out to me by somebody and that, I was just like, oh, that was, that was hard for me to swallow. So it was good though. But that's the thing is like, you see, you know, I, and that's the thing, that's, that, that's the terrible thing from my perspective a long time about coaching, for example, or being a team guy, being like RSO. You have to have, you have to have subjectivity when you're teaching specifically, even something that's dynamic and rule written is, is CQB. You still, as we all know that you've done enough CQB, it doesn't even become this rigid thing. No fluid. It becomes subjective, Hmm. but you can't become subjective until you understand that objectivity is like the groundwork, but that's not how you need to stay. Buds is very objective. It needs to be right. Think about it. Like you go to kindergarten, parochial, objective. You go to grade school, parochial, objective. You don't start getting to objectivity. Most high schools don't even get an objectivity. No. Most universities are completely against objectivity now. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, subjectivity. Yep. Excuse me. So I spent from the time of four years old when I started school to the time I was 30, whatever, 38 when I got out. Or not 30, shoot, I was, shoot, whatever, 36 when I got out. It's like I was in the lunchroom line. Right. For 32 years. All right. This is when you can pee. This is when you can sleep. This is. And I got out. I'm like, fuck you rigidity. But I needed it a little bit. We do. It's like a, a river, a strong river is only strong. because It's got two strong fucking banks. You have a huge bank on one side and a big swamp on the other. That's not a good river. So that's kind of the way I look at look like look at leadership now. It's like you need to be fucking raging, but you better be. You better have those left love and hate pretty fucking steady. <laughs> OK, so that's kind of how I, I see it. Hold on. I wanted to use the outro points of advice thing for this because I think that a lot of people who are listening to this hopefully will never go through the depths of intensity of what you had to walk through. True. I agree. I don't want them to. Nope. Me neither. And they probably won't. So, but what will touch a lot more people or speak to their particular situation is preventing themselves from getting to that point. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, right? Yep. Retrospect, what can you say to someone to keep them from walking into the traps that you fell in? How can you interdict yep. those before I could, they I can find share with you how I did. advanced situation? Yes. For me, how, how I, how I, my recognition, it comes, comes with recognition. Like you, you've got to recognize you're doing it. That's the big one. Awareness. And, right. And, and the most common way we can, we can, we can recognize if we're being truthful is in our speech, right? In your communication. That, that is where we practice 
the most? So here's the answer for me. The last people that we're going to be ugly to, but the probably the most ugly to are the ones that are closest to us, or they're going to be the first ones we're ugliest to and the most intense, which is usually our spouse, our girlfriends. Why? Because we resent them. I did. We, I resented mine ex for her, me thinking she couldn't understand what I was going through. So for me is, is for those normal people, it's like, if you, if you find yourself short with your coworkers, there is a certain level of acceptability to that, right? Okay. There's, there's, but when you're at home and you're expressing that same short of shortness, number one, with your children and or your spouse, you got to recognize that you can't treat your fucking wife like your coworkers, team guys specifically. And let me let me re- let me back that up. That, that that was that was not meant to be team guy oriented. That was me oriented. Me team guy. Like we we all all need to treat <laughs> our spouses better. So I have I have like if I had established this number one number rule is God. Like that's that's like the rule. Be close to Him. Right. Number two. In my opinion, the most important thing that we have to offer, and because this, this gives you further validation, I think, is that your spouse needs to be the most important thing in your life on this planet. Period. 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 I don't care if you're beyond children. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Because it has to set the groundwork for how you treat your spouse. You set the groundwork for that, and I mm-hmm. made that mistake by loving and. Uh, anyways, my that's so. Long story short, is this. If, you, if for the average person, then it's not going to get to the depth of whatever I got to. It doesn't matter. The depth of my turmoil can be just as severe by that just that nine to five mom and dad that are at home. That because my stressors are different, right? They may have a totally different catalyst for stressors. So simple, like we'll call stress all stress. Just communicate, right? If you if you are finding yourself a real lacking of communication with your spouse, like mm-hmm. like I'm talking brutal truth like real truth like real honesty then that's that for me is the big problem because it doesn't like if you think about how you treat your your girlfriend when you know like like for anyone who has had a serious relationship when you're like i know i'm in a serious relationship but you're still having washed off the one the honeymoon phase like that's what we're trying to get back to We've got to get back to that point of communication because everything is shared. But see, just exactly what Marcus said. Here's the, this. This is a really resounding with me at 40. Was that? Well, it was really at 38. I was like, "What a fucking amazing opportunity that I have for the first time in my life to have a relationship that's Real. rooted in truth." So that's the crazy thing. Is like, I'm 40. I lost all of my friends that really cared about me or that I, you know, kind of thing. And like, not you get what I mean. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I can start over. Well, how did I start over? Just told the truth because I was just an average dude starting out with new relationships too. I had recovered. I'd gone through all this. Now I'm like, I'm standing there going, well, now I've got this positive energy. How do, what do I do with it? <laughs> Go It can be a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of like kind of screwed around it a little bit, but it's just communication problems will exist regardless of the severity of stress in a close knit home. Yeah. Okay. So communicate. You, you've got, I mean, communicate is such a broad word. Well, you're talking about the all forms of yeah. communication on, on everything, how you everything. touch a human being, the tactile response of communication. There's, there's incredible, um, uh, in this book on 
positive neuroscience, man, the thing is unending. And they talk about just the tactile uh, impre- imprint, you know, imprint you can make on another human being. So when you meet somebody you love for the first, you know, when you come together, we engulf them, right? Yeah. We, we put our hands like watching you too. When Jeff walked into embrace, that was, that was 15 years of of an embrace that's powerful built over the scale she of that threw over the airway there you, you yeah. know I mean? <laughs> groping each other yeah I, but i <laughs> love for me for me if we can do it honestly if we can do it oh, everybody sure. can do it all the men who struggle with their inability to communicate you don't have to overtly say i marcus i love you although we say it all the time you don't have to say jeff man God bless you, or man, I'm caring. I care for you, or wizard man, man, I worry about you when you go down range. We don't have to say those things. We can encompass yeah. that in a variety of truthful ways we communicate if we're genuine with that. Try this. My my favorite thing to say to people now is, "Hey, I appreciate you." Awesome. That's super. It it, it mm. really is contextually like one of those things. You're like, why? And then you say, "This is why." I go, "Oh, like I." It, it's really because when you say, Hey, I love you, it just typically elicits a response like, Hey, I love you too. But a lot of times you go, Hey, man, I appreciate you. you go, and then it usually is the person's going to follow up with, Hey, this is why I appreciate you. Or the person's going to ask, Well, why? Hmm. It, it's a fantastic way to meet somebody or get to know somebody or to tell them you love them. Mm-hmm. Right? Try that with your kids. Oof. Tell your kid, what a fucking concept. <laughs> tell your children, big or small, that you appreciate them. Yeah. And they'll go, why, dad? And tell them why. Well, even if it's that moment, like something about school. So it's like, for me, I appreciate it. Why, dad? It's like, because you're a good kid, man. Like, good grades. Your behavior is good. You're respectful. I love you. Oh, yes. Tell your kids you appreciate them. You may, you might actually start getting your own children to say it back, which as a parent is exceptionally, exceptionally great. Amazing. When you're, when your dad, when your son walks up to you and you go, my, my kids, all my, my friends all like you at school. You're the cool dad. You know? Yeah. I love you, daddy. He goes off to school and he's with his, his friends are 11. He's telling me he loves them in front of his friends. He lets me kiss him yeah. on his forehead before he goes to school. Amen. Like I, I want my son to know that he can be really rooted in how he feels express how he feels okay and then whether and then he's gonna learn did i express that properly did i get my hand slapped did he tell me like let your kids right see it i think we have a hard time with that just because at least i do because you assume the other person knows you Never know. assume anything. It's, one of the, it's like one yeah. of the four rules, man. Don't ever assume anything, ever. Like, it really sounds silly because we, th- th- we've already talked about it. 25-year-old you thinks, or like our 25-year-old thinks we're going to be the same when we're 40, right? Imagine right. it comes out in a relationship, and you just assume that whole time that your spouse hasn't changed. You need to tell them more than ever that you love them. Because you need to reassure your spouse. I just can't wait till I have the opportunity to be 65 and tell the woman I'm sitting next to that I fucking love her to death and mean it. Yeah, mean it. Like that for me is heaven. Like to be able to look across, look at a woman and go huh. to say I love you, and it reciprocated, and you're like genuine. Oh yeah, like True we're love. we're we're for real on this sucker, and and that for me is the search because everyone is is so untrusting as they because of the way we act. 
right? Everything is like, well, I'm this, well, I'm this. I go out my first date with someone go, tried to kill myself two years ago. Here's the drugs I use. Deal with it. Like, this is how I deal with my life, right? I have a son. Um, yep, this is what I did. And I don't dump it on a first date, but I'm saying it's like, for me, it's important that somebody can look at that and go, this all right, I'm willing to communicate to figure out what this means, right? Instead of someone keeps saying something over and over to me because they're projecting, why don't you trust me? Why don't you trust me? Like, I do fucking trust you. Hmm. But they're projecting because they're fear. They're fr- yeah. It's all fear-driven, man. Like, I made bad decisions because I was afraid that by me saying, I'm afraid or I don't understand or I'm having a hard time communicating to you because I don't understand and I'm stressed out, that somehow makes me a fucking pussy. All that does is makes me a really good husband, boyfriend, friend. That's all it does. Makes me a really good young team guy when I go to my team leader and go, I don't know the fuck I'm doing. And he goes, all right, dude, this is what you do. And go, oh, that's really helpful. He didn't call me fucking stupid. Yeah, because your team leader wants you to not be a fuck up so you don't get him killed on target. So think about that, your relationships. <laughs> oh, Inform like... <laughs> them what's going on in your life. And if they don't want to fucking know what's going on in your life, maybe we should, number one, why does my spouse not want to communicate with me? Because have I said many, many times ago, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, and they finally do and go, well, this is a shitty, shitty dinner. Why the fuck do you think they're not cooking for you? Yeah. You just punish them for doing something, right? It's like You a, asked for. Yeah, I, I tell my son, I go, hey, load the dishwasher, and he does it wrong, and I punish him. No, instead I go, this is what my expectations are. Now thank that you. we have clear thank expectations, you. Oh. thank you. You're now owned. I can hold you accountable. Your own, <laughs> yes. That sometimes aren't even relative <laughs> yes. to the to the to the existence of what you're engaged in, right? Yeah. That they're done, they're yeah. full. I always throw it down like, okay, check it out. <clears throat> this is exactly how I load it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I always break it. The instructions say we need to do it like this. So let's figure this. Yeah, yeah. I, I take no culpability. I'm like, I'm like hey. This is exactly how I was supposed to do it. I had to look it up. (laughs) But that literally just happened to my son. Like in the process of this, I remember yelling at my son. I told you to go to the dishwasher. And it literally hit me. I was reaching. I go, I've never shown him. He's 11 and I've never shown him. And so then I showed him and he's like, that was it. And now it's perfect every time. (laughs) Well, shit. Why didn't I do that before? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that, that's, that's for me is I, I constantly asking myself, did I even teach myself this? Yeah. Beautiful. So. All right. <laughs> On the same vein, because I, I really just one more time, I want to go back into this and a, a thread that I've seen running through this whole description of, I mean, we just met each other. So I'm just trying to, I, what I know about you is what you've put out right. right here. Right. So maybe I'm off base with this, but I don't think so that ego is, a massive component of what you've been talking about here and it's influence and having, uh, at least I know that I've, I still struggle with this, the construct you put forth in your mind and particularly like, this is what a team guy does and this is what he says and how he acts and how he interacts with everyone. And this is what you want to be. Then you're not necessarily being yourself. You are making your life decisions and choices based on who you think that that role is. Right. All right. Would you say that, ego has been a massive has been a serious component to what brought you so much difficulty i think that we've covered that's that. a true statement i would okay. say that's a true statement i think yes. we've covered that but what i would like to hear you uh reference is what a person can do to stop that from taking over their life and um perpetuating a i got gotcha. you okay of, of so yeah it's 
try to try to empower people to give them steps to potentially go hey rec-. so first one i kind of said is recognizing recognition right. so here's here's one thing that i really suggest to people and this is what was super helpful for me think of it when you're a kid or even like you know high school like a lot of that life is is is, is centered in, from my observation at least from my childhood is centered around creativity like a lot of athletes, a lot of, a lot of athletics mm-hmm. and like a lot of games when you're a kid, right? Mm-hmm. There's this real creative nature that allows you to be able to temper seriousness. Oh, I got to sit in class all day, but I got recess and I got sports afterwards. There is a, there's a balance. Creativity, again, uh-huh. being a very subjective thing, right. right? And now you get into this very rigid, objective, dull life that's just a hamster wheel. It's very like, okay, I got to go to the work every day, punch in and out, I like got all these sort of things. And you go to someone, hey, what do you do for fun? Well, I sit and watch TV or whatever. Like, no, 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 no. What, what do you do to re-energize creativity? Because when you have creativity, you also have an outlet for stress, right? And when you also have creativity, what you end up, a lot of people that are very creative, coincidentally, not coincidentally at all, take their creativity and are able to monetize it. <laughs> Nowadays, do Make sure. a living, now, especially now. Greater than ever before yeah. now. Greater so than ever before now. My suggestion to that question is like, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I, hey, honey, I got to go pick up golf. No, I'm not saying add an expense. For me, what do I do? I looked what I did as a kid. I started drawing again. I started playing with Legos again, right? One thing I really, really like doing, I always have, is cleaning guns. Isn't that, isn't I'd, rather, I'd rather clean a gun than shoot it, honestly. Uh, yeah. I would. Uh, it's just, boop, headphones in and go. Like, I just really like cleaning guns. But so... Um, you know, so again, jujitsu, right? It, it doesn't have to be physically active, but you got look like what is jujitsu? It's very creative. Martial arts are very creative. So that I mean, it gets to answer your question, I guess it, I really encourage people to be to to try to find something that stirs a little bit of creativity. Mm-hmm. Not TV watching, not internet surfing. I mean, anything, games. Go for a walk, right? Anything, something, conversation. something, conversation. Creativity. I don't know. Everyone has their own definition of it, but that's that for me is the quickest conduit to create a parasympathetic response. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Okay. So parasympathetic is this, like, you know, it's working when pretty simply, like what happens when you meet the woman of your dreams from the waist up, when you kiss her, you just drool your drool. Salivation is a direct yep. correlation of hmm. Vegas nervous response. The best food you ever had. Think about somebody you're completely just, a baseball pitcher on the mound. Yeah. Dry perfect. mouth. Game over. Baseball pitcher on the mound that can't stop fucking spitting. You ain't going to get that ball. You are not going to touch that ball. David Price this year. Game over. David Price. Man. And that's the thing here. Major that's League Baseball. If you want real advice on how to teach your pitchers, let me know. <laughs> Just, it. It's that simple, man. It's silly. It. It's so silly. You can pick them out. from. You can, you can see it from a mile away. Same thing. NBA. Watch the players that spit the most. Does it work the same with golf? One hundred percent. It's it it, huh. it 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 is a precursor Pavlovian response, yeah. right? It was wasn't on purpose, but it's now in a very high stress situation. You could be in a flow state and not be salivating, right? But uh, yeah, you you, you, you yeah. can you can yeah. But depending upon the depend environment, yeah, 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 the environment. there's a lot of other yeah, things yeah. too. But yeah. but it, for me, that's why I that's that's how I know it works. I can create a Pavlovian response through salivation almost immediately in moments. Just because I can practice it, and I just and just go go out. I mean, I I, I can put, I can put myself to sleep in minutes, on purpose. From a guy that was getting huh. yeah 
three, four hours of REM sleep a week. Yeah. He can now trigger. I sleep unmoved for nine and a half hours of sleep every night. Don't move. Not a bit. Lay down. Lights out. Nine and a half hours. Wake up. Go. Wow. Done. That's out. impressive. Just, it's not a big deal. Like, it's just, I'm out. It doesn't matter where I'm at in my house. Like, in my house. If it's 8 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever it is. But I, I tend to go to bed the same time every night, more or less. Sleep routine. Um, I sleep the same way. My bed's, a, I have a chili pad. I, my, my bedroom is for, has, has one thing in mind, and it's sleep. That's what it's geared hmm. for. One, there's no electronics in it. There's, it's a huge fucking room, too. It's a massive room. It's got a bed. It's got two nightstands, three dressers, two lights, a CPAP. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's it, 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 it. Unfortunately, there's there's no sex going on there currently, but <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, it sounds it, there's like a really fucking good sleep going on in there. Really good. <laughs> well, that'll open you up for the next stage of so, Jeff Nichols' yeah. evolution. So, I love yeah, it. Yeah, just uh, but see, that, that's and that's and that's the thing is like these long form conversations are so very valuable, and that's that's what the world's missing. Yes. Well, no, let me phrase that. Network TV is killing. It hopefully dies off here very soon and we don't have to deal with it. Uh, long form communication drives really good information. It can, it can drive it the other way, but creativity, this, this stuff, none of this. And that's what I mean. That, that, so this maybe gives context to you all when I say we've been doing this since the fifties, this brain management stuff, this mm-hmm. treating the body a certain way. I mean, this stuff is so old, man. Like we're talking a hundred years old, how to heal the body. Like this is silly. Like I'm using no technology to heal my body. Let's go to Native American culture, bro. None. Going back. Uh, that's what I'm going. Like that's going. I'm I'm regressing. Right. I if it doesn't, if God didn't grow it, I don't eat it. That's my rule. Right. That's hmm. it. Last I checked, artificial sweetener didn't grow from the ground. <laughs> it's actually Monsanto fucking brain poison, nerve gas, but. Anyways, well, brother, moving on. I, I, I mean, what are we rolling in at right now? God, I, don't, it, I don't know. It's but, like two well. something. Yeah, we're coming in on two. <laughs> we could do this two, yeah, three, yeah, here's four what more I, times. I promise you, man. W- once you're done with that documentary and that thing comes out, we we would love to have you back to get into that. Um, I, I think also there's a million things we can talk about in, in the how-to perspective to really get people educated. I think one of the greatest things that I would love for people to search you out and to understand recovery, to understand uh, better preparation and all the things that you really perform and that you, you focus on, where can people go, Jeff, to follow or, or to be invested in and to share what you're to to consume what you're sharing in the world yep the easiest place to find me right now is is, is going to be on instagram just it's jeff cscs so uh just i'm pretty easy to find i guess if you google me uh, i'm i'm not some things are changing for me um you you will pretty soon you'll only be able to find me on my website um, I'm just reverting everything back to that just to just get a bit because uh, again, the, what I'm creating on my website is a platform for teaching. That's what it is. I'm creating a place where people can come and I can interact with them on a regular basis through video, through a chat and everything. It's all embedded in my own website, everything. Yeah. So that way the people that really want to know how to learn and like really, really want to know like how to train authentically, effectively every time you can find me. If you don't like don't, don't come train with me. If you if you don't want to be the best possible athlete on the planet, then don't train with me. It's fine. 
there's plenty of people that do and I'm really fucking busy. So, and I mean, and I thank you for everyone, honestly, for that. Like, I don't, I don't mean to say like, Oh, I'm really busy because I have a lot of amazing people that care enough to listen to me and realize that I'm not lying and realize that what I'm offering them is real, real, it's good information. It's the best. And if I make mistakes, I'll fix them. Like if, if I've said something that's untrue, I'll correct it. Right. I'll change it whatever I need to make it, make it, make the best way I can for everyone. Um, because certainly there is, there is some, there's some personal gain out of all this 100%. And, and there should be, for I'm, not, sure. I'm not ashamed of that at all, but I can, I'm promised to tell you that there's no one on this planet that's, that's, that's writing better program for our military and law enforcement than me. Mm-hmm. That's the fact. So I'll take the fucking Pepsi challenge against anyone on this planet. Anyone. As far as programming for our military and law enforcement. Anyone. That's big, brother. That's bad. That's big. That's big. Well, listen, dude, it is so... One, I'm again, and I always like to tell you, I'm glad you're alive, by the way. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I'm glad, man, you're walking this path with, with, with me and with everybody else who Amen. loves you dearly as I do. Uh, we just want to thank you, Jeff, uh, really, for being here. Uh, it's just every time I, I just listen and I, I just smile and, uh, I know that you are going to, uh, continue, uh, searching and, and find that, that higher meaning, that higher pathway. So thank you. Brother. I appreciate it. Everyone, all of you as well, especially for having me. I mean, so I know it's like, wait, man, it's like, we have, man, we, I know. I the reason I'm not talking is because I'm going board. I'm like, man, how we get done so we can go, have to, <laughs> yeah, get away, hang so out. Hey, we're going to get off now because we have some catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> hang out. Awesome. I love you all. Yeah. I appreciate everyone, honestly, that, that supports not only this podcast, um, it supports our military. This really supports our law enforcement or firefighters, right? Like, no disrespect intended to the, the veterans that kill themselves, but that is a very small number in comparison to firefighters killing themselves. Yeah. So we need to take a real fucking close look at our firefighters because you know what? Those people don't get to leave that shit over in Afghanistan like we did, mm-hmm. nor do the police officers. We need to take a better look at taking care of these men and women because they're on watch. Amen. All right, brother, that, that's heavy. That's some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. And it's a couple guys, you know, Goggins. 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 You got it. I mean, them guys are just... A man on a journey of serious discovery of self. Right. Like the deepest holes produce the hardest stones, right? Well, <laughs> what, what I just... I'm, I, he's actually one of the only ones that i that is out there that's talking about the intensity of his addiction right now this is the thing that almost every psychologist that's out there right mine there's you know the guy i work with he's worked with like 45 guys a ton of which at that tier one level and the relevance of that addiction man painkillers and and all the other stuff that you just plus you know, the cultural aspect of, of functional alcoholism and medicating ourselves with that as well, too, man. I, it's, it's, it's really a powerful thing. And what I love is that 
you know, somebody can be so open with their challenges, but at the same time, really be exposed in, in their exploration and their journey back to good health, right? Good health physically, mentally, and spiritually, emotionally. Remember how he came up? He was a pure athlete. I mean, he's a specimen. So, I mean, as we get, ran through the, the teams, he got hurt. And he had, when you delve into that side with the pills and everything, imagine if you come from that background, that's, you got to hide that, right? And when you hide it and, when, and can't, people can't see it, and you learn, you adapt like we do, man. Oh, to my be able God, to, yeah. The amount of pills he was choking down, I mean, that's like a regiment for a platoon kind of deal. Literally, <laughs> I, he, I couldn't he, believe he, it. His heart could have stopped at any minute of any day, literally. How is his blood even flowing? Because it, it was just all pills. And <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. And it's funny. You look at the pictures of him back in those days, and he was bloated. He was, he was just, he was. Yeah. He didn't look healthy. And, and so, man, and his transformation. It's good to see. Well, he went back to the beginning in, yeah. in, in the purest form of it. His body and mind and the spirits, his temple. And the, and But... The, I guess the most beneficial thing about his training capacity now, a lot of people who grew up purists and their bodies are never contaminated, and they're preaching to somebody who's been contaminated, and like, yeah, well, you don't know him, you don't know how hard that is, right? Right. Now he does, and he has the capacity to get out of it and teach everybody about it. So it's, uh, and he he's always been really articulate, and he's highly educated. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he knows. That's that, a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you how many conversations that we've had on the molecular level about, you know, your body and processing sugar. And I mean, you talked about Monsanto's and, you know, I, I just think his, you know, his knowledge base is incredible. Monsanto's trying to kill me. Monsanto's trying to kill me. I forever think of that. When How can you not? Name comes up. But when you, when you take a step back and you talk to other people that are really exceptional at developing programs, you know, another guy he's super close with is Stu Smith. And, and we've talked about, you know, Stu was the quintessential program back in our day, even for you, too, oh, as well. Oh, man, i got a special place in my heart for old Stu Smith. He's the one who, <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean that. I'm not right being there. sarcastic. <laughs> I went through his I training program twice before going into Bud's, and that I, I believe that was absolutely critical with setting me up for success. So thank you, Stu. Man, yeah. that, that'd be a great story, the... Uh, the those 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 adventures we have to go on to just to get into buds like who trained us how, what we thought that whole capacity oh. like, what, what, what the spark and to link all that well, you're, all you're a year before the navy yeah, you're yeah a year before the navy, year before yeah, the navy. Right well now. i mean and all those play a role and what i love about jeff is he's taken this really really challenging experience of his and he's turned it into these unbelievable programs that you can get on his website i mean you go to training programs he's got you know strength running program hypertrophy run program the 12-week destroyer right power speed bus special forces tactical pull-ups swim-ups marsai i mean he's he's really dug into these things which is amazing and he also offers you know all of these holistic approaches as well too and i think that's really what we're going to see in that in that documentary about him yeah i think so and i'm glad you brought up all the training programs he offers because i think the interview overshadowed because it went into a much deeper personal level yeah. of his struggles but let's not discount all of the knowledge the valuable knowledge that is available that that, that he he has become you know 
So I just want to one. I just want to point out, or at least I want to say personally to Jeff, you know, thank you for coming on because I think, particularly initially, uh, that was like a twenty-five minute dialogue he gave, which was effectively a, a you know a confessional, um, and it was so brutally honest and exposed. And I think um, that's going to touch a lot of people. It's going to affect a lot of people that he has known from the past that have had some difficulties, you know, in in relationships and. Also, leading into the that there was a piece of advice in there, him talking about how, you know, if you see yourself treating those closest to you poorly, you need to stop and evaluate why you're doing that as a way to, you know, start pulling your to reel yourself in. I thought that was a very useful piece of um, advice for people to follow. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what. What a show. Holy cow. If this is your first time, you you got a dose. I promised you in the intro, and you got it in the interview. Holy cow. If you're coming back for more uh, and you're, you're on the team permanently with us, thank you so much. There's no doubt in my mind that Jeff's story, Jeff's never quit stories for you, will, will have a profound impact. Um, again, if you want to know more about the rest of our shows and why we do it, go visit us at tnqpodcast.com. You can find the show itself. You can also listen there. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much every podcast platform on your mobile device, laptop, or desktop. If you want to get some of our merchandise, go check check out our merchant at the pod, at the website as well. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow us, uh, the show, at TNQ Podcast, the team at Team Never Quit, at Marcus Luttrell, at The Wizard TNQ, and at Team Frog Logic. I want to give a, a real thank you uh, of support and, and, and commitment to us. Uh, uh, we always like to finish up with a never quit story from our listeners. We've, we've, we've established this incredible catalog uh, on the website, that's another place you can go for true, raw, hardcore, never quit stories from people all around the world. Uh, and we're just, uh, we're so, so thankful for your courage to share yours. And here we go. This one is from Robbie in Melbourne, Australia. Dear TNQ, I've been following your podcast for a while now, and it's great what you're doing. I was born in South Africa. Dad was in the military, as I am sure you're aware in the late 60s and 70s weren't a fun time there. Hmm. It came to a head when Dad took his work jeep to a neighbor's to check, up, to check the Avery. He frequently had to shoot snakes, etc. that were in there. He ran out of gas and walked home. That night at the house, that night the house got bombed. So we left and settled in Mum's home com- in Mum's home country of New Zealand. I've been a martial arts coach for most of my life, and after 20 years of teaching Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, I badly damaged my back. As a result, I lost my business, left my wife, and found myself homeless. After two failed surgeries, learning to walk twice, 16 pills a day, and nonstop spasms all day, every day, I found myself crawling around the house for years. One day, after being stuck on the kitchen floor for hours in the worst spasm, 
I climbed up on the bench and sat there with a steak knife on my wrist. I even rang my mom crying and said I'd found my limit. I couldn't take anymore. That day changed my life. I really had to dig deep and find the strength not to do it. I needed a reason, and it was my son I never see. The desire to stay alive and push through to be able to see him again. I threw out all the painkillers. I decided I needed to stop drugging myself and really, truly understand the pain in order to deal with it and crush it. It happened just that way. As soon as I dumped all the pills and cleaned my mind, I found it so much easier to deal with it. Eventually, I got back on my feet. It's a long story I'd love to share with your listeners. But, it's, but basically, I turned my life around and saw the light at the end of the tunnel. You guys have the right message. The strength and persistence bestowed upon me and my father has kept alive. Kept, the strength and persistence bestowed upon me by my father has kept me alive and thriving. Persistence overcomes resistance is my motto. There's no strength without struggle. Any progress is progress. I live by these every day. Robbie, thank you so much for writing in, brother. Way to turn it around and way to continue to get out there and help other people uh, find the answers for themselves. Jeff, brother, holy cow. Uh, it has been, uh, on a personal note, it has just been a, a privilege to see your growth after the last two years. You remember our phone call. And from then till now, bro, you are walking the walk and talking the talk and you are on, uh, uh, on the real quest to, to live with God in your heart. And I'm just so proud of you, brother. Uh, I want to thank God, Christ, Jada, my girls, my family, all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much. Without you, this wouldn't happen. And I also want to thank you guys, man. Really appreciate it. For sure. Absolutely, brother. Robbie. That jujitsu mindset, that whole deal, uh, and that, then the back injuries, just something that perpetuates over and over again because everything's connected to it, man. But a way to, you know, stand in there and just take, take it, and then eventually only you come back on the other side stronger, knowing what you had been through. So, um, man, the guy we had on here, Jeff, is a perfect example of that. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can go down the hole, all right. Just come back up on the other side. Take a deep breath, right, and climb up is even. Well, especially because of how hard the fall was, I think. And um, it's something. I, I, it's been an honor to be a part of your journey, both the good and the bad parts of it, man. It was an honor. I, I, thanks for going through Ramadi together, because that in itself was a battle. And um, then we both came out on the other side. So good job. And to all our listeners, thank you for coming back and letting us do this. And, and well, thank you all for it. Thanks to the Holy Family for putting us down here and to my family for... Let me play around with my teammates and hang out with all you guys. It's uh, truly a blessing, man. I'm out. Ow.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, 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 you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 